When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey.
really matters is what you like, not what you are like. Books, records, films, these things matter. That's right, folks. It certainly does matter what you like. This is So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. This is Ryan. This is your Tuesday episode. We're doing a full week of shows this week, and I hope you are. Re- I hope those ears are primed and ready. How has everybody's entry to the week gone? Is it been okay? Oh, my God, you guys. I had a, such a busy morning. I was on the... Um, Mention it all podcast with Dylan Hafer for Betches, and I, uh, I truly, Dylan is such a a unique guy, and I love his love of all things pop culture. Uh, so I, I always love when I get to guest on any podcast, but I, I especially love Dylan and uh, so many great people out there. I'm so lucky. So go check that out. I think it's only like 45 or 50 minutes, and we talk about Real Housewives of Atlanta, which is so great because I don't really cover it all the time on this show. Like I'll mention a thing here or there, but we got to get kind of like more into it. And I got to tell you, I really like this season in that it's just kind of old school housewives. I had the same reaction to real housewives of Miami. Uh, this, uh, the reboot season over on Peacock. I was like, this is just good. I still have to go and, and try to make my way through Dubai. Um, that is something that it's keeping me up at night. It's just haunting me. I'm like, why am I not watching Dubai? Cause you know, you got, you got to watch these things. You got to support. I got to tell myself this and I'll tell you what else. We're just, we're just, we're right into the show. You guys, we are right into the show. Look how <laughs> you wouldn't even tell it's 12 AM at night or 12, 13. I just took it's Brooklyn's last night here. My dog. Cause my ex is coming back tomorrow. And so I just took her on her last night walk in the stroller. She can barely walk anymore. So she kind of just waddles it's it's actually super cute and i we had this stroller which was really embarrassing at first not that like we've had the stroller for i mean she's been in the stroller for like eight years or something oh my god you guys when we first got her oh i have a picture of me that i i need to find and post my ex um uh got got a baby bjorn for dogs and there's this photo where I just look so upset because I'm carrying Brooklyn and a baby Bjorn. Cause I was just like, this is not right. This, and then you would pass people, half the people would be like cute. And half the people like, that's, Oh man, that's weird. And you kind of get the same thing with the stroller reaction. So I love when people ask about it and if they are, they're snotty in any way, I'm like, my dog has a heart, heart condition. She can barely walk. And that kind of shuts them up real quick. But, uh, I love the stroller walk. Cause I can go get my, my, my steps in as in it. You're supposed to get 10,000 steps a day, you guys. And I, uh, I mean, sometimes I mean, I hate to brag. I'll get like 2000 steps a day. <laughs> No, I've been trying to be better about that. Um, but I took last night walk with Brooklyn and we watched uh, Southern Charm tonight and we t- took notes and we also watched the last two episodes of Below Deck Med. And this Below Deck stuff, you guys, I just truly love it. I, I always compare it to meditation. It's just kind of just is like there. And it's like enough drama, but it's not like... Beverly Hills drama where, you know, you're seriously questioning humanity. I mean, there is a really interesting storyline that I think I've mentioned before where the chef is like was into the chief stew because they hooked up on another boat. But the chief stew was cheating on her boyfriend with this guy. And it's like this whole thing. But I I don't know. There's something about. Oh, and we've always had this idea. I've heard this idea so many times, but I added a little wrinkle to it when I was watching. Everybody has, oh, I want to see the housewives go on a below deck boat. You know, that would be fun or like maybe a girl's trip thing. But sure, let's do that. But here's the idea. 
and I swear to God, if anybody steals this, I will sue you off your coal mining asses. Um, it's like an upstairs, downstairs, like a Downton Abbey kind of thing. Like we already have that on below deck, right? You get the gas and then you get the, you know, the, the, the crew and you get more of the crew than the guests. But what if we did have an ultimate girls trip, but it was, you know, it's like when they did like Freddy versus Jason, you know, so it would be like Beverly Hills versus below deck and you would get a full episode of Beverly Hills just with them and you would see the crew behind the scenes, but it would mainly be all the dialogue with the housewives. But then the second hour, yeah, these are two hour episodes. It would all be the same time period, but just told from the crew's perspective and Captain Sandy's perspective. Man, Captain Sandy, she almost sometimes just can't help herself. She's got to get in people's business. She's got to. She's got to be like, I love when San Captain Sandy goes into the kitchen and she's like, oh, maybe it needs more salt. <laughs> just steer the boat. I swear to God, below deck one day, I hope it is. I know this is bad, but I, I've said this so many times. It's just. I really hope they hit somebody one day, you know, like I hope they're like they kind of hit the dock the other episode. But like I want them to like I don't want anybody to be injured, but I do want them to hit a person. And I kind of think I want it to be Captain Sandy because she sometimes feel seems a little too cocky. And I still am holding resentment for the Hannah Farrier thing from three seasons ago in Below Deck Med. But anyways, nice night of Bravo TV. But I had uh, the Mention It All podcast, and then I interviewed a surprise guest, which I cannot tell you who it is yet, but it was a great uh, it was a great conversation. Very happy to have talked to this person, and I can't wait to share it with you guys. And then... Um, I had had to go to my workout, and I I, I got to take you along with my life. I don't have much of a life anymore, so when I do do things, I feel like I almost need to share it with you just to prove that I don't just sit behind a microphone. So I've been working out with this trainer, really good guy, but like, you know, he's like a man. Like he played football and all this stuff, and I I try to have conversations with him, and I can't, you know, he tolerates me, and also I pay him, so. You know, I, I get, I get, you know, he kind of has to laugh at my jokes, even though I'll throw like a housewives joke here and there and just goes right over his head. But that's fine. That's to be expected. I, you know, it would be crazy if I, uh, anywho, today I, you know, cause I, I get scared. I legitimately get scared before I have to go out and work out with him because my body is, you know, we, my body's just, my, my body is just not used to this kind of stuff. And I don't know if it ever is going to get used to this stuff. So I get, cause you know, I'm I, like, I'm going to be out of breath. And then I have this stupid fucking Apple watch and it's always tracking my like heart rate. And then I'm like really like paranoid about looking down and like, oh my God, my, like, is my heart going to explode? And you just feel horrible. Why is it all the things that are good for us just are horrible? Like, why, Like, and by the way, I'm going to say this, and I know you're going to disagree, and some of you are going to disagree, but just seriously check yourself if you disagree. You know, the people that say water tastes good, like, calm down. Water, you know what? Ta Diet Coke tastes good. That's what tastes good. Water tastes like water. I just, just chug it because I know I'm supposed to drink it, and you're like, oh, I'm supposed to be drinking like 100 ounces a day at least and i'm like this is you it tastes like nothing it tastes like i'm putting nothing into my body and then i have to go do this thing and he makes me hurt i had to do like a minute plank um I'm like me a minute plank and i made it because i'm a rock star but like that's just not normal and my body is different than all of your bodies because it just 
pours sweat. It is like it just pours. It's like a it's like a shower. And I'm and and weirdly enough, I'm not actually super smelly. I know that's what you're going to right now, but I'm not. I swear to God, I've I've people have done you know smell tests on me. You know, I mean, I can get there. I mean, if I don't shower for a couple days, sure, anybody's gonna smell. But I'm telling you. You're like, oh, that's so gross. It is. I mean, it is gross just because of the sweat. But I'm telling you, the sweat doesn't smell. Swear to God. Swear to God. Um, but I'm just in pain. But now I'm at this point, like we're three and a half weeks in. And, you know, some of the other people at the gym are like starting to say hi to me. And that's, I mean, I never would have thought that was not. But now I kind of feel like I think I'm making up for the times I was made fun of in, uh, in high school and junior high. And like, it, it, I, w- I was picked on a lot. Obviously, that's, I mean, if you if you were picked on a lot when you were a kid, you eventually will have your own podcast. But uh, there's this story, I think I told a long time ago, but my freshman year at Horizon High School in Scottsdale, Arizona, we lived in Paradise Valley, but this Horizon was in Scottsdale, but it's not as fancy as you think. So, I had moved from Olathe, Kansas to Scottsdale, Arizona, and it was quite a culture shock and, you know, went from a small junior high to, you know, a multi-thousand person high school. And it was just huge and it was ugly. Like Arizona is so hot that they just make the structures like, you know, metal tents. It's like, it's super weird and it's just not pleasant to the eye most of the time. Um, So... Right before then, I had visited my uncle, uh, who lived in Glendale, California. May Uncle Dale rest in peace. Um, and, uh, you know, it was always exciting to, to go visit your, my Uncle Dale because he lived in California. And I, I loved movies. I loved it, loved loved it. And uh, we went there between in that summer <laughs> between moving from Kansas to, uh, to Arizona. And it was like a family reunion. And my uncle in this house had a pool and he also had a pool slide. So it's like, holy shit, he's a baller. And I'm telling you, this is like a two bedroom house, but like to my 13 year old dipshit or 13 or 14 hour old, you know, I thought it was like a mansion. I was like, this guy's got a slide. Holy shit. You know, Elon Musk wasn't even, you know, I didn't even know Elon Musk at the time, but I'm like, you know, I would have compared him to Elon Musk. Like, this guy's got everything. He's got a pool slide. But anyways, all the, all my cousins and stuff, they were, like, jumping from the top of the pool slide. Like, you know how the pool slide at the very top, you have, you know, the steps to get up, and the metal poles at the top, and then you have the pool slide that kind of, like, zigzags. And it has, like, the lip, you know, like the like this. You put your ass on the, the smooth part, and then it has that lip that surrounds your body. I, I'm not, You know, like the, the side things. And so I step up. Well, like, they're all jumping off, and, and it looked really cool. But as you know, I've told you, I was a, I'm a pussy. So I was like, you know what? I don't think that's for me. You know what? 13-year-old, I don't. You know what? I'm not. I'm enjoying watching other people jump off the slide. Pick your battles. And they're like, Ryan, Ryan, do it, do it, do it. And I was like, oh, fine. You know, and I secretly did want to do it. And I, I, I walked to the top, up to the top of the, uh, the pool slide. And, you know, my dad's got the VHS camcorder. That's how, I, guys, there used to be camcorders where you would put an actual VHS tape. And if you don't know what VHS tapes are, guys, you probably are listening to the wrong podcast. It, it was before DVDs. So VHS camcorder, 
taping me. And I'm like, look at me. Here we go. And I jump. And I land in the pool. And I feel like the coolest kid that's ever lived. I was like, holy shit. Evil Knievel strikes again. I am doing it. Look at this. My God, the world is my oyster. When I go into that new school in Arizona in the fall... I'm going to clean up, baby. We're talking girls galore. I'll tell them about the time I jumped from the top of a pool slide into my uncle's pool. That's a panty dropper. I don't even think I knew what panty dropper meant back then, but I think I knew that girls were going to dig my new talent. And so I did it so good. And then, you know, that thing when you do something that you're scared of, so you're like, and then you realize you're still alive. So you're like, I got to do it again. Like, listen, now I got to perfect it. Now, you know, now I was like Tiger Woods about it. I'm like, let's see how good I can get at this. And at this, I'm cocky. I'm like, dad, film this one too. Hey, dad, with the cam, film this one. Catch your boy doing this. And get up to the top. And I'm like, little me, you know, and in my head, I hear everybody being like, Ryan, Ryan, Ryan. Because that's another thing that I've always had fantasies about you guys is, and I this is this is why pop culture is sometimes horrific, because it makes you want to have memories like this, where I've always wanted to have a memory and where, and this is why I'm trying to get into shape, is where people, like I do something so amazing that the crowd takes takes me over and lifts me up, you know? And starts like past like, yeah, Ryan, you know, when they lift you up at the end of like a sports game, like a sports movie or something. And they're like, Ryan, Ryan, like that's my dream. Like that truly is my dream is to someday do something so cool that a group of people not in anger pick me up and are cheering my name, you know? I always thought I would be like, like it would be like a music thing, you know, like a rock kind of thing. And then I don't, I realize I don't know how to play any guitars or anything. Anywho, so then I get up there and I'm just picturing glory already. It's just glory. I'm like, it's very excited. And I'm waving to the camera. I'm like, and I go to push off to jump off the slide. And I'm standing on the lip, but my, my back, my right foot, you know, kind of like it got torqued a little bit and I went back to try to brace myself, but I, I hit the wet of the slide The the, you know, instead of the lip, I'm like, my foot hit the slide part and I just fall off the slide and I don't land in the pool. The left side of my body hits the concrete ground and then I pass out and fall into the pool. So the left side of my body hits the concrete, you know, surrounding the pool, the floor, and then I pass out and fall into the water. Now, the next thing I remember is people going, get him out, get him out. He's going into shock. He's going into shock. And I remember my uncle Howard saying that, you know, and I'm laying there like not really knowing what happened. Uh, you know, I'm in pain. Uh, uh, but at the same time, I'm embarrassed already, but embarrassing, even at that age, 13 or 14, however old I was used to being, I'm like, oh, my old friend embarrassment. I was used to it. You know what I'm saying? I'm still like, embarrassment is one of those things. I still like, I'll still trip in front of people. I'll still do, you know, but you just get, you, you know, that's the thing with getting older. You get used to everything. You know, there are still things that surprise me here and there. Like I saw that movie Geely with Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck. 
uh, you know, during the pandemic. That surprised me. That I didn't remember it being that horrible, but it truly was. Um, which we got to talk about. Jen, uh, Jen and Ben are getting their full wedding this weekend at Ben's Atlanta, Georgia uh, uh, mansion. So we got to mention that. Anyways, I love all the detours this takes. It's wild. So in my memory, what I'm thinking, I'm embarrassed. I feel like an idiot. You know, all the older cousins that are boys. I'm just like, damn, like, ah. Because I was always known as the kid that read a lot and that was kind of like, you know, really loved movies and TV, but it was like nerd, you know, like it didn't really have, didn't have a lot, didn't have a lot going on, but who does at 13? But also the next day, me and my sister were going to Disneyland with my parents and my uncle and aunt. And listen, you know, when I was growing up, I didn't have a lot of chances to go to Disneyland. Like, I didn't get to go. I I went to Disneyland when I was, like, seven or eight, I think. And it was, like, Disney World. It was one in Florida. And I remember my sister, like, she was, like, full brat at that point and kept, like, would try to get my dad angry all the time. Miserable experience. But this, I was a little older. So I was like, Disneyland, this is going to be amazing. So in my head, I was like, okay, you're embarrassed, but you got to shake it off, dude. You got to shake it off, bro. And you got to get up and just say, I'm good. And you're going to go to Disneyland tomorrow and everything's going to be okay. And that's what I did. I got it. And people were like shocked. People were like, whoa, what? And I'm like, I'm such an idiot. I'm such an idiot. Ah, ah, going on the <laughs> you know, I'm trying to laugh and stuff. And I'm like, you know, and uh, people are like, wow, well, thank, thank God. And, you know, wow, you got to must got a hard body, you know? And I'm like, sure do. Or I got a lot of, got a lot of cushion, right? <laughs> a lot of cushion where I fall and just the cushion absorbs the hit. And I'm in pain, you guys. Like I'm in pain. Like I realize I'm in pain and uh, I'm trying to walk it off. Hard to walk. And, you know, people, I said, you know what? I'm going to, can I, can I sit inside the living room? Cause it was the pool. You'd walk in the, and it's so funny. I can remember that you can walk in and the living room was right there. And I remember it was a Sunday night cause 60 minutes was on. I don't know why I remember that, but the news magazine at CBS show 60 minutes was on. I remember sitting down. And it's one of those things where, you know, like when you're in pain, you're like, okay, how, I mean, how long can't, it was like last night when I saw the Moulin Rouge musical I told you about, I tried to not, like there was one time that I got a tickle in my throat and I didn't have any water, but I got a tickle in my throat and tickles in your throat in a public venue during COVID is your nightmare. Cause you're like, am I going to have to fucking cough? Then people all around me, even if they don't look, they're going to think, oh, this guy came to the theater with a cough, you know, and you're like, I don't want to do that. And I, I remember just like trying, I was like digging my nails into my leg to try to like, you know, distract from the, <laughs> distract my throat from the cough by, you know, <laughs> trying to fool my body of like the pain in my leg will take away the cough. But uh, I was waiting this out, waiting this out. And then finally I was like, <coughs> and you know, it was fine. But this I was like, you got to wait out the pain, but it, the pain didn't go away. It kept intensifying. And I was like, oh shit, I'm going to have to tell, like, I'm going to shit. And I was like, I have to pee. I got to go pee. And then I'll tell my parents that I don't, you know, this is not, I don't feel good. And I pee you guys. And I just let out the biggest shriek. I'm like, ah, 
And then my whole entire family comes in and they're gathered or they open up the door and I am pissing blood, you guys. And it's like one of those, uh, I told this story a while back, but it's one of those, like, there was this old pool toy that it was like, I think it was like a clown with a hat that kind of had octopus things that water would shoot out and it would be like, and would just like slide, like the, would just, the the hoses would slap every which way and that was kind of like my wiener but uh blood was coming out and so then all my family were screaming and then they were like get him in the car we gotta get to the hospital and i don't know why like i i still to this day we gotta ask my parents next time they're on about why i why didn't they call an ambulance why did, but so i remember getting thrown into a car and this is the really weird thing because uh phil collins something in the air tonight was playing like i can feel it which is like literally i mean i at this point if i would have if i could go back and live out that memory i would have asked my parents to like could you play something lighter like i can feel it coming in the air tonight is literally not the song when you have just pissed blood to hear <laughs> you're like yeah dun 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 i can feel it coming in the and i'm like this i'm gonna die like i remember going i'm gonna die this is crazy i'm gonna die and we get to the first hospital. Something happened there where they couldn't see us. So, and I, we ended up ended up at this host, hospital in Glendale, and they admitted me. And I remember just they I, they had to keep me awake to do the the was it a CAT scan or do some kind of scan. And I just remember going like, knock me out, please knock me out. I'm in pain. Give me medicine. And they couldn't give me medicine until I had done this. And I just remember my mom being with me, and. You know, the whole time being with me, my dad was in the waiting room, but she was with me and just, you know, comforting me, holding me and all, you know, just really just the things that you want your mom to do. And what had happened, you guys, was that I broke all the, I fractured all the uh, ribs on the left side of my body and I bruised my kidney and uh, I I got close to losing my kidney. I was in a hospital. I was in like an intensive part of a hospital for what was it, like five, six days. Then got transferred out. And then so when I moved to Arizona, I had to uh, I, I started high school wearing a rib brace. So I, I couldn't dress out for gym and it was a brand new school. So I was made fun of already for like, I was also looked a little bit like Joey or tried to look like Joey McIntyre from new kids on the block. People hated that too. I would get thrown into lockers and be like fucking new kid, but I would wear this rib brace and I couldn't dress out. And I, you know, like, listen, I'm not looking to run anyways, but when you're trying to like make, make new friends and stuff, you don't want to do anything that sets you apart from anybody else. You don't want to be special in any sort of way in that situation. Cause then you just get made fun of. And I'm telling you, it was the worst way to start at a new school. It was so, so horrible. Eventually I found the, the drama department and everything. And, and now here we are today, folks. Um, <laughs> oh my God, you can hear my dog doing her little snores and the, they get increasingly louder. I'm going to miss those little snores uh, when she goes tomorrow. Uh, basically, the whole point was uh, it, it's just so interesting how my entire life has been with the hopes of being cool but never quite achieving that. And in fact, every time I've tried to achieve that, it's gone horribly wrong. And I think that's really what this show is about. Of course, it's about reality shows and pop culture, but it's about you and it's about me. And it's about this kind of, you know, the uh, the uncool. 
you know, I always talk about that Philip Seymour Hoffman line in uh, Almost Famous. Um, that means a lot to me. But it, it, it uh, you know, it, it's about leaning in and being like, okay, you know what? I'm not going to be cool. I'm just going to be me. But unfortunately, now I need to be me where I can actually, you know, be healthy and all that crap, which sucks. Basically, water sucks. That's the whole point, you guys. How are you guys doing? I wish I could hear all of your high school stories or the times that you tried to be cool. By the way, my audience is way cooler than I am. My God, I read some of the things you guys write and I'm just blown away. Also, I want to uh, say this. I, I read a Patreon message uh, that I need to respond back to, but I, I, I said, oh, I'll talk about this. And it was it, it was this. And um, it, it was that... Uh, I, I I sent Ryan an email and I don't think he saw it and so I'm sending a message here and ho- you know hopes he saw and uh, listen I I'm so sorry that I don't get to respond to everything and I'm so sorry sometimes I am not emotionally equipped to deal with um tons of personal messages like every time I do I can get through like five or six and then it becomes a lot and it's nothing like it's so not personal in my dream of dreams it's like me being ripped and having like 18 abs in my dream of dreams it's like that dream of being able to respond to everybody so they lift me up on their shoulders and scream Ryan 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 but the reality is it's really hard for me sometimes face like it's easier for me to almost face the criticism and I usually will pay attention to the criticism or the critical ones more because I think there's an intense sometimes self-hatred that I have. But like sometimes you guys say the nicest, coolest things to me and I don't know how, like I feel like I need to, I always say pick you up from the airport or do something extremely nice for you because I just, it's so, I, I joke about wanting to be known and I joke about wanting to be lifted up, but it is so hard. Some, it's so, it, this sounds so weird. It, it's just weird to have people that actually finally like something that I do, you know, it's really cool. So I just like, if you ever write to me and I don't respond back, don't think like, just know that it means the world and that I'm trying to be better. Please don't give up on me. Um, please don't because I do this. I mean, for me, but I also truly do this for you. And it's like my way of being able to communicate because sometimes I'm not able to personally communicate. I have like a handful of friends that I consider actually close friends that I had from before this. And I've made a couple new friends and I have so many online friends now and I have you guys, but still I know that there's like a weird kind of detachment that I have with actual life. Um, so I apologize that for anybody that tried to reach out and has felt ignored by me. Just know that it is not an asshole thing, that it is something that I, I get aware of. And also that I just sometimes get scattered and there's so many things that I'm trying to do and I'm just not properly staffed in any sort of way here. So uh, I want to apologize if anybody's done that and that's just for you guys. But I would like to encourage for you to keep doing it and keep leaving great reviews, five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Please check out my new podcast, What the Kids are watching with Natalie Poucher. The first two episodes were out this past Friday and leave a five-star review for that. I think we're recording a new episode tomorrow and the new episode uh, that we recorded a couple weeks ago will be out this Friday. And I really love uh, being able to, to do this and make this my career. And that's all because of you guys. Okay. I will put a timestamp in case you wanted to skip past all that. You're like, I've heard that pool story before, brah. And I've heard you bitch about yourself so many times. So let's bitch about some pop culture. By the way, we have a guest today that I love. It's his third time on the podcast. His name is Jacques Peterson from the podcast Unpopular with Jacques Peterson. Lives in the old uh, Australia area. 
Australia, I'm black, black, I'm Sheena's black. I know I do the worst Australian accent. Anyways, um, also, I have like a really decent sized audience in Australia. And we mentioned that and I'm like, Australians are fucking cool. And I forgot to say this to Jacques. I, I, I almost said, hey, man, I should come to Australia and we should do a show in Australia, like me and you. We should do a show. So Jacques, if you're even actually li- – Jacques like, I fast-forwarded through all this. I'm probably not – I'm just going to listen to my interview. But Jacques, if you're listening to this part, we should do a show. I want to come. I've never been to Australia. Wouldn't that be the coolest thing ever? And I get to meet all the – like there's so many nice Australian people that have reached out to me that it just blows me away. And I always brag to my dad about it because my I'm like, dad, people in Australia listen to me. He's like, Wow. I went to Australia once. It was beautiful. Like, you know, I always look for those things to try to impress my dad because it's so, it's it's like, it's just hard for him to conceive that this is popular. No, like he loves me. I know all that stuff, but it's just hard. He's like, wow, really? You talking about the Kardashians? People like that? Okay, cool. Um, so Jacques Peterson from Unpopular, we talk about everything, you guys. We talk about Beverly Hills, and we fight because we disagree on a lot of things. But I think this is always a good thing to do is that, you know, I, I didn't mean – I'm not trying to make a lesson or something, but I am trying to encourage people to find ways to have fun with talking to somebody that you disagree with on things or try to have a conversation or try to understand where they're coming from. Now, sometimes you just can't. You just can't at all. And by the way, Jacques deep down knows that I'm right about everything and that he's wrong about everything. And that's, I think, where we have a mutual understanding. But no, listen, I, it, it all it, it goes to show you, you can disagree with somebody on things and still fundamentally like him. And I know... Uh, you know, doing this, you get to know personalities over the last couple of years that do what I do. And I really, I really enjoy Jacques tells his truth. He tells it in an effective way. He's very entertaining. He makes me laugh. And I like to argue with him because it's not mean spirited or arguments or something like that. But you'll hear like I'm very lively on this and I really get excited I just love, I don't know, I really talked to, I think you're going to love this conversation. There's a lot of laughs in here. Hopefully you're screaming at whatever device you're listening to this on at one point, disagreeing with one of us, uh, because that's healthy. I've always talked about listening to Stern in the old days, you know, and disagreeing with him about something, but I liked him so much. I had such a familial relationship with Howard Stern, where I considered him part of my family, where I could disagree with him and still want to listen to him the next day. And that's really what I would love to emulate. Is like you can disagree with me. In fact, I'm going to talk about something that people disagreed with me on from yesterday's show, and that's great, you know. And I swear to God, you guys, you, you know, I'll read a comment or something, and I'll think about it during the day. And sometimes it really does change the way that I feel about things, or it makes me learn a little something. I'm like, wow, that is so cool. I've never really had that experience in my life, so I feel like I'm just learning oodles. Yeah, I use the word oodles, sure. <laughs> through this show. Um, also, speaking of Howard Stern, I wanted to send uh, my condolences. Howard Stern, in a lot of ways, is my hero. Um, I'm talking about his interview style and what he created. I really think he can created one of the first reality shows over radio and the way he used his crew and uh, the way he used his parents. And that's why Bill and Becky, you know, like I wouldn't ever have considered using my parents if I didn't know uh, Howard Stern. And I, I've always been just a huge fan of what he does and how he's grown and evolved. 
I mean, from when, like, what what he started with. And it, people always kind of lump him with, like, these sex things and stuff. And there was that era of Stern, but that was never what I liked him for. In fact, I would always, like, ah, I don't want to, I wanted to hear the interviews. I wanted to hear him yelling at Gary Delabate and Baba Booey and Fred and all of the things. I wanted to hear that. That, to me, was magic. I wanted to hear him talk to his parents. And that's why I want to say rest in peace to Ben Stern, Howard Stern's father, who died at the age of 99 years old. Uh, the Stern Show is on vacation. Stern is like uber rich now, and he doesn't even do shows over the summer. He's got it that good, which I I, I, I wish I, I should just do specialty episodes eventually. Or like, because I would love to do a Stern episode and just turn you guys on to what I like about him and how why I appreciate this dude. But... I always think it must kill him in some ways because he grew up doing this every day. And like, he's now a billionaire and doesn't have to work. He doesn't want to work all these days, but at the same time, it must kill him when huge things happen and he doesn't have his forum to go to, to tell his thoughts on it. Like at the end of the day, I know that I come up to this mic and I get to tell you whatever is on my mind. And sometimes it might be boring. Sometimes it might be exciting. It might be a mess, but I get to do that and I get to get it outside of me. And I always, I always wonder if Stern, like, there's part of him that's like, damn, like, I do have all this free time, and I do. I, he's an he's a painter now, you guys. I, I was looking at some of his art, and it's like mind blowing, mind blowing. But Ben Stern, uh, I don't know the exact details yet. I'm going to try to find out. But he did an interview with an art magazine and featured some of his work. And I got sent uh, the article, and he mentioned that his father had just passed away. Now, he was dealing with his father's health issues, and he was talking about that on the show. And I don't get to listen to the show as much anymore just because life is too crazy, and I'm doing this uh, all the time usually. But it really uh, – it really not – you know, 99 years, what a life. But Howard had always spoke about his uh, relationship and issues with his dad, and it gave me the courage – to talk to you guys about my relationship with my parents and uh, Ben Stern, wherever you are, I hope you're having a great journey right now. And uh, you know, a big part, you know, that's a big, you know, I lumped that in with pop culture as well. And uh, you know, I, I got very sad and very sad for Howard, you know? Um, so wanted to mention that because it, it did mean something to me. Um, okay. Breaking news tonight, you guys. Now, on this show, we have talked about Ezra Miller. They uh, they have been in a lot of trouble this last year. And, and I keep mentioning it on the show because of this dang Flash movie that Warner Brothers poured over $200 million into. They canceled Batgirl, the movie. They had already made it, spent $90 million on it, didn't like it, and it's never going to see the light of the day because of this corporate merger they're doing with Discovery+. Plus and HBO Max, and so it's all just a huge mess. But this Ezra Miller situation, they keep doing wild things, just break-ins, all the arrests, all of this stuff, and I'm like, Warner Brothers is going to have to shelve this movie. We're never going to see the Flash movie, was my thought. And then just a couple of hours ago, Ezra Miller you know, releases, I got a Variety Alert, which is a Hollywood publication, um, got an alert that uh, the Flash star Ezra Miller seeking treatment for complex mental health issues is the quote. Um, 
In a statement provided to Variety by a representative of the actor, Miller broke their silence about the troubling behavior that they have exhibited in recent years, which has led to a series of legal issues and assault and abuse allegations. Miller also apologized for their actions. Quote, Having recently gone through a time of intense crisis, I now understand that I am suffering complex mental health issues and have begun ongoing treatment, Miller says. I want to apologize to everyone that I have alarmed and upset with my past behavior. I am committed to doing the necessary work to get back to a healthy, safe, and productive stage in my life. So that is the quote from Ezra Miller. Now, you know, I try to look at this from all angles, and in my day, I have read a lot of these quotes from a lot of actors and a lot of, the, you know, and, and I get troubled because this has been going on for a year. So what was the straw that broke the camel's back and how much did Warner Brothers get involved and why wasn't Warner Brothers involved earlier? What was the final straw? And eventually I hope that we will find out more about this story. But the important thing, and I hope this is true. I hope this isn't just army hammer bullshit where they say they're going to rehab and then you see him like at the Caymans and with friends and stuff. Um, I hope they are getting the help they need because I, I am a proponent of mental health. And, you know, when our minds are doing something that we can't control, but it is our perceived reality, that must be one of the scariest feelings in the whole wide world. And it could happen to any of us, you know, depending on our brain chemistry. And so I am so thankful that whatever it is, I mean, my fear is that Warner Brothers were like, we're going to break your fucking legs if you don't get into therapy because we've invested over $300 million into you right now. I hope that's not what happened. But like I've been saying, this is a major investment for a huge conglomerate. And when business is involved, I mean, this is a huge mess. So I'm so uh, thrilled that this step is being taken. I wish it had been taken much earlier, but I am thankful that this supposedly comes from Ezra Miller. Now, pop culture is so wild. We could wake up tomorrow and could be like, that's a bullshit statement, blah, blah, blah. But no, it went out to all the uh, the big you know, it's in TMZ, Variety, all the big ones, Daily Mail. So this is uh, this is huge. I just don't know, though, can they come back from this? Like there were, were I mean, this means I think we'll see the Flash movie, which is, you know, that's my main concern because Michael Keaton's Batman. And, and that's huge to me. We'll see this. But will we – Hollywood loves a redemption story, but is this a bridge too far? I mean, we're going to see that with the Army Hammer thing as well, right? Will we see these people work again? Have you gone so far with something that you cannot come back from? How do we trust these people again? Now, I've always said the glowing example of something that was able, you know, able to completely reap their image was Robert Downey Jr., which is why Robert Downey Jr., you know, supposedly funded Army Hammer's rehab thing. But our, you know, Robert Downey Jr. was doing uh, coke and crack and meth and all of these things, and there was a lot, you know, a lot of actually Ezra Miller type behavior. But the mental health aspect, it was just that he was a full blown addict. I mean, he he did a whole stint on Ally McBeal and then went off and did a bunch of drugs in a hotel and got arrested. And that was after he had already been uh, arrested a bunch of times for uh, drug use. And Robert Downey Jr., a lot of people forget, he went to prison for for drug charges. Prison. People forget about that. So I, uh, I'm really thankful that 
This, I mean, by the way, and how thankful are the people of Hawaii and the people of Vermont? Or, he just popped up in the weirdest places. So the world at large can sleep easy tonight because he is seeking treatment. And I hope this is all true. They are, I'm sorry, they are seeking treatment. And I hope this is all true because safety is so important, not just for themselves, but for all of us at large. And uh, I'm very curious the next steps. But this is su- such a positive step, perhaps, instead of the horror that could have happened if like we would have had to hear about Ezra Miller takes their own life or something. And that was kind of a fear of mine as well. So I thought you would like to hear that since we talk about that so much on this show, and I'm very interested to hear the continuing story. Uh, Better Call Saul the AM, the hit AMC show with Bob Odenkirk uh, had its series finale tonight on AMC. Now, uh, this was the prequel kind of to Breaking Bad. Um, and I know I talk a lot about reality shows, but, you know, I do a lot of just general pop culture and love general pop culture. Breaking Bad, I watched every season of it. But during the pandemic, it was last August when I got obsessed with Better Call Saul and I made my way through the first five seasons. And I have not touched an episode one of the sixth season because I wanted to wait till it was all over so I could just binge it. So tonight was the final episode, and now I get to start watching the final season. I have not read any spoilers, but the season finale, the series finale was – but I just thought it was a very – it was one of those shows too, and I was talking about this with my girlfriends that we went and saw the musical last night, is those shows, and I count Succession as this as well, where you – the first episode just doesn't grab you immediately. You know, I remember trying to watch Better Call Saul the first episode three or four times over the course of a year, and it just never stuck. It was like a like the first black and white scene of him working at a mall and coming home and like having a drink. I remember the, the one scene I was like, I don't know, man. Like, and I love Breaking Bad. I was like, I don't know. And I tried it a couple times. just didn't take. And that's why I always say TV or art finds you when it's supposed to find you. But when it did find me was like the perfect time last August and uh, you know, pandemic still. And I just burned through that. And there was so, and I just didn't even realize Bob Odenkirk was that great of an actor because he comes from a really strong comedy background. And uh, he was a comedic relief on breaking bad as the character of uh, uh, Jimmy. I mean, you know, Saul, but slipping Jimmy is his actual name. So, uh, I was just really, really taken with it. And I just love when a a show does take hold. But I was talking about that with my girlfriends of those uh, those shows. It's just like that show. And it was like succession where at first I was like, ah, like the first three or four episodes didn't fully grab me. And then it did. And I was like, I fell in love with it ever since. And then if I go back and watch those first four episodes, which I did, I love them even more now. But I just couldn't get into it at the time. And we were trying to think of other shows. And you guys might have shows like that of your own where you're like, for some reason, I just couldn't get into it. The first episode I couldn't get into. But then I fell in love with it later. There's so many shows like that, and I was thinking about audiences and our attention spans and how they've gotten less and less. And it's just – it's such a crapshoot if people will go with you on a journey and what people will allow you to grow. And I always talk about that even in terms of the housewives. Um, Even with Jacques, I think I bring up today that you know I believe housewives should have two seasons. Every housewife should have at least two seasons. 
because it's not enough of a journey. One season, you're not going to get anything. And if you do get something amazing first season, it's usually by a fluke in a lot of ways. Or it's usually because, you know, okay, well, some people are just like, I loved Heather Gay on the first season of Salt Lake City. And, you know, I mean, I thought she had a really strong first season. So... Better Call Saul, I wanted to uh, shout that show out. And I'm uh, if you haven't seen it, it's really incredible, you guys, if you really like great writing and stuff. Um, also, somebody had written me in a DM that I saw and uh, saying, I don't know how true, I don't think this is true at all, but they said that they had not seen Craig and Paige post about each other in a little bit. And I was like, I don't think that's true because I think I saw Craig in a picture at Kyle's 40th birthday party a couple weeks ago which obviously Paige would be there. But I was like, I don't follow Paige and Craig, so I don't know um, if that's true or not. And I was like, I'm going to ask the audience because they will know immediately if that is true or not. And I think if they hadn't been posting at all, we would have heard about that, right? Like that would be a bigger thing. I would have read somewhere about that. Um, Oh, also this is bumping out. Watch what happens live is on hiatus until like September 4th for more vacay. Um, I, I truly am a watch what happens live stand. I say that all the time. I love talk shows and I love the format of that talk show. I just, I really do. So I was super bummed about that. Um, and like I said a little bit ago, Ben Affleck and JLo will be getting married this weekend officially. Remember they already had the Las Vegas license ceremony with the Elvis or whatever they did. And now they're having the big old party. So this weekend, fire up your meme machines, because we got some posts to do this weekend on Ben and Jen. Uh, pitch me your ideas. If anybody's listening to this and has an idea already for a meme this weekend, you know, that might even be a fun thing, too, is I just do a post of my uh, like you tell me a meme you want me to make about Ben and Jen, and I will just put them all in one post and I'll credit you and all that stuff. I mean, that might be a funny, uh, fun little thing. Uh if you're still listening, if anybody has ideas, send them to me. So bad is good with Ryan Bailey at gmail.com. And uh, is that it? That's it. We've talked enough. And we, yeah, I, there's going to be, we're doing shows all week this week. But uh, I, just, I, I always blush when I, I just really talk, I like talking to you guys. Okay. And I also like talking to our guests today. So let's finally get into that. Remember to use the timestamps to skip right to our guests every episode. Um, he has a hit podcast himself. It's called Unpopular with Jacques Peterson. I highly recommend this podcast. It goes bravo, but it also goes to so many. He had Shane Dawson, YouTube Shane Dawson a little bit ago. He had Kelly Dodd a little bit ago. It's a different perspective, but I know Jacques has a really, uh, he's a, he has a good heart too. And uh, he would laugh at me for saying that, but I do, uh, I do think that's true. So here is a very fun spirited conversation with my man, Jacques Peterson. Go check out his show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Today, we have a returning. I think that he's been on the pod three times now. So this is like the three-peat club. And, our, you know, I love our next guest. And I was just talking about him last week, I think, on the Patreon. And uh, listen, he 
he proves to everybody that you can be wrong about something and be so liked. I think he's just such a likable person. Uh, no, but I genuinely, I love to talk to him. I love to uh, get into it with him. And he just, I really do love his opinions. And I think you, if you haven't check out his podcast, because I think it's, I think it's a really great podcast where he does tell his truth uh, for better or worse. And he stands behind that. And I think that is, uh, I really do like aspects of that. And we're going to get into all of that, but, uh his podcast is called unpopular of course so we got jack peterson with us today hey uh, thank you for having me back were you shit talking me on your patreon it's okay if no. you were. actually no because we were talking about guests people wanted back and oh we talked about you and because we were talking you and we were talking about um who was it but you and i was like and then i said oh my god i love you i would love to have him back on and then we ended up dm or dming for something last week and i was like oh yeah will you come on because it was like kind of perfect timing we had just been talking about you because guests really do like you um i did notice that when i went to your podcast to catch up and you had uh really the creme de la creme of guests you had kelly dodd leventhal on recently um, was it like a suicide mission? Why, why did we have her on? Oh my uh, God. That is she that on is... this season of orange County or was, I, uh, I'm trying no, to remember. No, no, she wasn't on this season. Unfortunately, <laughs> that's why it wasn't very good. Uh, that, that has, that was in the works for so long. You have no idea. We've been trying to do it for like a year and I'm really, I think we're probably the same. Like I get a lot of like tech anxiety and stuff. And I know that cause Kelly Dodd's all over the place. I was like, you know, I want to like sitting down where she doesn't have any uh, distractions. Cause sometimes we'll try and book it. And it was like, right before like the 4th of July. And I'm like, okay, she's going to be out like partying and stuff. And yeah, we which, finally, which by the we, way, I would kind of want to, I, I would want to <laughs> talk to Kelly when she's been partying. Well, she's that's, loose. that's kind of what happened because we were meant to do it like a more of like a, you know, I thought should be like in the zone. It'd be like serious, not, not serious interview, but you know what I mean? And then, she comes on the zoom and she's like on her phone and she's like, Oh, sorry, I'm getting ready for a barbecue. I didn't mean to do this on our day. And she's like all over the place, but it was actually kind of amazing. I don't know if she was drinking, but she was, it's on very that... Kelly Dodd what you're saying, but I, I listened to the clip you posted and you guys, the clip was like, ah, she's licking pussy and she has seven <laughs> kids down there. It's disgusting. And immediately I was like, she's talking about Bronwyn, right? Was she talking to, she was talking about yes, Bronwyn. She, she said Bronwyn um, is more worried about eating pussy than her kids. <laughs> the, well, okay, this is what I hate about, because I think Kelly is just an extreme asshole at times, but I hate that, you know, even assholes have points. And I always thought with Bronwyn, especially, you know, she was so worried about the publicity and the PR of it all. Like, even if you're in love with somebody and you're in a new relationship, whether it be lesbian, straight, gay, whatever, she put out a press release that she um, she was able to have seven orgasms. Her girlfriend was going down, which, by the way, is like, that sounds amazing. But why go to Entertainment Tonight with that? Like, why go out to page six with that? Um, she used to follow me by the way. And then I made fun of that and she unfollowed me, which is like, oh, okay, bye. That's, I am so obsessed with Bronwyn. I miss Bronwyn and Kelly on my television every single day. I think that what Bronwyn has done is so interesting because if people remember on the show, when she first came on and she was like a normal stay at home, she was like, I'm the stay at home mom with like seven kids and I've never had a job and stuff. And she had all these issues with her mom, Dr. Deb, because her mom, <laughs> Dr. Deb had been like a normal housewife and then went to Burning Man one year and then just became <laughs> this like completely other person, like abandoned the family and was like partying and then it left Bronwyn. 
Bronwyn with all these issues. And then the next season, Bronwyn went and did that and ran off, moved to New York part-time with her lesbian lover. Like, come on, barely see. But she's had like three lesbian love, like she's had three intense love affairs. But she had Fernanda. From yeah. that was a friend of the show on OC yes. from back. Yes. <laughs> they were doing a thing together. I think that was to try to get on the show or something. And then she had this weird DJ that she was dating. That was the the nine month relationship with the you know fifty orgasms a day. That DJ, by the way, is so shady because she has like I think like two million followers Dude, on Instagram. Yeah, they're they're fake. Wait, wait, wait. No, I'm a. I was about to literally say the same thing. So I went down a rabbit hole like a couple of months back when she unfollowed me to like, and her girlfriend was like, okay, she's verified and she has like. Wow, a million followers. And then you look at her posts and it get little to no likes, which usually is a first clue that somebody has bought followers, folks. You know, like it's just one of those things you're like, oh, this person has fully bought followers. Cause I was like, I've never heard of this girl. And I'm not saying that she's not, you know, has work and famous or whatever. But remember when you see those numbers, and then I was like looking at Bronwyn's. And I love that you say, did you start this whole conversation by saying you really love what she's done? And I was like, that's really, it's cool when I, I love what she's done too, is just try to completely um, not have any kind of success in any avenue. I think that's amazing. <laughs> it's really, truly, no, she tries so hard and nobody, like the rebranding of Braun went up like, let me tell you about sobriety, folks. And oh let my me God. Tell, and let obsession. me tell you about gay relationships, folks. I'm like, you're two years into being like openly gay. How are you giving advice? You're going to be a gay and influencer now and it just seems like she wants that so bad the lesbian influencer well the thing with sober people though is that when people do get so because this is why i believe that she's sober it's all they fucking talk about that's oh i do i do wait i think it's amazing that she like listen I totally, I'm not saying that's fake at all, but you're no, right. No, I it's, know like, you're it's like people that do CrossFit. That's all they talk about. Or the people, you know, it's like, that's all I do. Or if you're vegan, I notice a lot of vegans are the same way because they're so proud of the lifestyle and they should be proud. But then Bronwyn wants to try to make money off of that, you know, of like, I want to tell you how to do it. Well, I, I don't even think it's money. I just think it's ego. She is like an off the chain narcissist, like her mother. And it's really interesting. And I'm like, that's a story that I want. Like, I know people hated Bronwyn. I loved Bronwyn and Kelly on the show. I could not get enough of both of them. They were both polar opposites. I thought it was so interesting. I think they both had a lot to offer to the show. And with Bronwyn, I'm like, oh my God, I want to dive into that. Like I, my dream storyline, if they kept that cast is how do these women on OC, who they're very suburban women, they're like, they're quite conservative. How do they react to seeing Bronwyn go, oh, I'm running off to live part-time in New York with my lesbian lover leaving my seven kids. Like, what is that reaction like on camera? Like, and Bravo robbed us of that. They've really fucked up the casting on OC, I think. (laughs) Well, I mean, and they still don't seem to be able to get it together. Like I was talking about somebody about this today, where it's like, if I had my druthers, I would everybody out of the gate would get a two-year contract. You can't fire anybody after the first season because I think that's even ridiculous. Like, I thought Noella did two, like, I mean, wait, she did seven, she tried to do seven people's worth of work and we didn't get a sense of who she was. And I guess I just got the sense that this is somebody that grew up on housewives. She's trying to give us everything. It was like a Frankenstein thing of seven different pieces of other housewives instead of actually, I didn't get a beat on who she was. I would have been interested in another season just to see, if we could have gotten anywhere, like Dr. Jen even was, you know, you could say boring as hell, but those little, I would have liked to have seen Dr. Jen try to date. I would have liked to have, you know, like there's, I don't want to give up on people that quickly. 
Oh, I totally agree. They should not do one season. I mean, there's some cases where you're like, wow, this person's really not working out. But even then, I think that if someone's not working out on the season, maybe like edit them down to a friend and then try again. Nope. Yeah, I I totally agree with you. There should not be any one season housewives because sometimes people need the time to get their feet wet. And I had the OC producer Thomas Kelly on my podcast and I asked him about that because I said, I love OC, but I was like, the only issue I said, the issue is not the storylines. It's not the producing. It's just the constant cast changes. You just, you bring in two people every year and then you fire them. And he was like, yeah, look, there's this thing with the network where if you don't just hit the ground and like skyrocket right out the gate straight away, like you're done. And I think that's way too much pressure. I think maybe even what they could start doing is bringing people into a friend, like how Sutton came in as a friend and then got upgraded. Like maybe that can be the new approach to kind of ease people into it. Well, look about then Atlanta, which I know you watch. Marlo got brought up finally from friend to that. And it's, I personally don't think it's working out too well for Marlo this season. What do you think so far of Marlo being an actual full cast member? Okay. I have an interesting take on the new season of Atlanta because I hated Portia and I thought Nene needed to go and stuff. So I love the, I think this cast is amazing. I didn't like Drew and now I love watching like everything Drew does just cracks me up. I think Sanya's really good. So I think they've got a really good cast. I think all the personal storylines this season are really good. I think every single thing on this season is good except the drama, which is so contrived and out of nowhere. And you see it in scenes, whether it's Marlo or it's Drew or it's Sheree, it's like they're sitting down to a dinner and they're like, oh, we need to have a fight to make this scene usable so they go through the motions of a fight and it's a bit like have have we got enough footage of that okay let's move on that's what it's like and marlo is just poking at people with crazy stuff and i'm just like i honestly i know we watch the shows for the drama but i'm loving everything else on atlanta so much that i would be happy to just watch them getting along as friends and going through their real life stuff i'm sure real drama would happen eventually and you know marlo's storyline with her nephews is so compelling it's probably like the best storyline on that season you guys if you're not watching she sent her uh nephews away because she didn't really feel like they were appreciating the lifestyle that she was giving them and they were very disrespectful and stuff like that so she sent them away and then this past week's episode she was trying to get into it with candy and like what a weird relationship she has with mama joyce and it was like marlo what the fuck are you talking you sent your you know you're like you sent your kids you sent your kids away because you didn't want you know like you can't do that with real kids like that's not you just can't do that and I, i but i love what you said though and i think this is my initial attraction to some of these shows is that we did with atlanta we are getting to dig into actual knowing of their families on a separate thing you know and i think this is a building season like this is a thing where it's like we are going to hopefully love these families so much that you know two more seasons past this which is probably too long for bravo we could get magic. Like even if you take Beverly Hills, these ladies have been together for a long time. And that's why we get what we get now. Like, because that relationship is so strong for better or worse. And I think it pays dividends, but you have to wait that out. But everything on the Atlanta season's good. Like they have hilarious confessionals. They have interesting stuff going on in their lives. They all have different storylines. Like the stuff with Sheree, with the Tyrone was very compelling. And then obviously we all were invested in She by Sheree. We've been watching She by Sheree for over a decade. We want to see that. Like the stuff that Candy's got going on, the parenting. I'm like, that's the reality of it. And then they had these stupid fake fights. And 
it's the, the fights are totally taking away from it. They had that stupid friend that Fatoum, she was the only part of the season I haven't liked, that screechy friend of Sheree's that was always trying to make <laughs> drama with people. She was horrible. And I'm like, I honestly swear I would have enjoyed the drama-free positive season of Atlanta this year. I would have really liked that instead of them. You seeing the formula and the fakeness of the show and them going, oh, okay, we have to have a fight. With Marlo, though, I am starting to wonder... Is this, because of course we always thought, okay, Marlo's thirsty and she'll do anything for airtime. I'm almost thinking, and I'm listening to her interviews doing her press tour, I'm like, maybe this is her. Maybe she's just one of those people that gets annoying and pushes your buttons. Like, this actually might not be for TV at oh, this yeah. point. I, I think that that's a very real, and I think potentially that's why she was held as a friend for mm. so long and not moved up because I, you know, but I think the fan demand was so strong for her. And then like, okay, here, here it is. This is what, so when she comes on as a spice, you're like, hell yeah, Marlo. But when you, she's front and center, it, but also that's another thing is like, maybe she's pushing too hard just because of it's her first year as a season regular. I think a producer, I think a producer should have come in and said, Marlo dial it back. But I think that they haven't had that much drama on this season. And the producers are thinking we need drama. We need drama. So they're letting her just run with that. But I, I think they should have stepped in and just went, girl, be yourself, chill out. You don't need to do this. Um, Yeah. And it's, it's taking away from it, but I still really like this season. I think it's a good season. No, I just... like I was watching it uh, two days ago and I was like, it's, it's always an enjoyable watch. I just don't watch it on Sunday night, like day and date anymore, because mm. there's other, like so many things on Sunday that I watch, including like the 90 day fiance universe and all of this mess. So I get oh, so to you, it. Are you, back into, like are you it. back into 90 day? No, so we'll see. Uh, talking about contrived, I think this season of 90 Day Fiance is so contrived and oh, so really? painful. But I will say, I got turned on to 90 Day UK on Discovery Plus. And Wait, I there's a UK one now? Yes, and it's so good. What It's it's so real. It's shot. So it's like, it's back to like old school 90 day where uh, I was like, this is great. Like the, I, I was really, I just saw two episodes of it. I, I think, you know, so I don't know, maybe it gets really bad, but already in those two episodes, I like better than this entire past season of 90 day fiance, the regular one. And it's yeah, only an I, hour. You guys only an hour, not two hours. I haven't watched 90 day for like a few years now, but I'm always blown away. Every time I see a headline of like 90 day love in paradise, like the, the, the amount of spin-offs oh. they can stretch out of this is like mind blowing. It is. Incredible. You know, it's going to be, in, they're going to go to space 90 day in space, 90 day the, underwater. 90 there's day. no limit. There is no limit. I mean, if you watch TLC, I guess they're moving a lot of stuff to, to discovery plus now, but I mean, if you watch TLC in the States, is it literally just 90 day all day? Is there anything else on? No, because they have extreme uh uh they have like searching oh, the sisters for, the, the fat sisters, extreme so, sisters I love that. and yeah. they have the searching for sister wives and they have uh, oh that's true the, they have all the sister wives like by the way tlc is great because i always say if like you have like and anybody listening if you have like a really bad wart on your toe they'll give you a whole series like if you have something weird on your head you have a series right there if you have a family that's all weird looking they will give you a series at tlc do you ever get like as a podcaster? Do you ever sometimes you're watching these other things? Like I really like the bat. I really like Bachelor Nation. Okay, I like the whole Bachelor world, and I like. TLC I'm excited about Bachelor in Paradise, but yeah. I will. I, I I've stopped watching the oh, Bachelor well, Bachelorette. Do you ever do you ever watch these other ones like the you know 90 Day? And do you sometimes think you know what? I wish I'd been a TLC podcaster. I wish I'd been a Bachelor podcaster. There are of a times. Podcaster. Well, there are times when you get into it online, or you 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 see how. I was talking about, this is very, 
present because of what I was talking about yesterday and today of just in terms of the Kathy Hilton, watch what happens live appearance with the Lizzo mistake and all of that, (laughs) which I know like, this is like your bread and butter kind of. And I, I was saying like, holy shit. And somebody was like, kind of trying to tell me like, well, I'm just really disappointed in your reaction. And I'm like, wait, that's my honest reaction. Holy shit. What a fucking idiot. But I can also find humor in that. I mean, there is, you know, unfortunately, a lot of humor comes from just horrible things. Now, if I really, truly believe that Kathy Hilton was like, fuck Lizzo, she looks like she looks like precious, you know, but Kathy's a fuck. And by the way, I think Kathy says shit about everybody. I think Kathy has probably said wild shit about black people, wild shit about gay people, which is supposedly what she did in Austin, uh, Aspen. But like, I don't I don't look to Kathy Hilton to teach me how to feel or treat. I know, people. just enjoy I it. Don't, Although- but but there's a lot of this. Okay, first of all, I don't think what Kathy Hilton did was problematic. Look, if you asked me that, if you got some actors from the Marvel universe to me and said, "Who's this?" I wouldn't know who the fuck you're talking, and I would say completely the the wrong thing. So, you know, I can totally see if you're not familiar with like music and stuff, how she could make like I would. There are so many celebrities that if you showed me, I would like mix them up. Um, but if a lot of people are enjoying the the mistake because it is funny. I mean, there's some people. But then I saw people were but... like, if, if if it was if it was somebody if if that if that happened, at least Arena if... did it. They would yeah, want to burn yeah. her alive. Wait, was that, wait, wait, was that your tweet? I read actually. Now that I'm thinking, I know about it, it wasn't was that... mine, but I did think that I was like, girl, if Erica Jane or Lisa Rinna did this, it would people the, those annoying Bravo Karens would be like protesting out that we can't watch yeah. this anymore. Okay, <laughs> but regard. I mean, <laughs> Erica. By the way, just like Garcelle says next week in the next week's episode, you know, Erica Jane does fine just by her she doesn't need to call anybody precious because she will screw it up herself over and over again folks summer is just around the corner so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees now i wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune and luckily i found quince now i have a lineup of timeless pieces i want that will keep me looking fresh year after year i got a pair of tan shorts i got a pair of green shorts i cannot wait to style these for summer and i gotta tell you the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves like 100% European linen shirts from $30, performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going. But there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. 
Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. But I like that you like, and by the way, I was looking at your stories today, and I also like that you finally are coming around to actually, you know, that you say what a perfect villain moment. They were driving to the homeless and toothless event over at Dorit's. And they were driving, and what do you say, like perfect villain moment? Or yes, something? but that that is it. I mean, the, the truth is that Sutton and Garcelle are the villains of the show, and people just don't see it. But in terms of the editing, <laughs> I I like the way they lean into the editing for the Karens at home, and and oh Erica and and Lisa are so like campy as they're coming in and like cackling as they waddle up the stairs. I yes, thought they're that fucking was... witches. Chuck, <laughs> the fact that you are like, oh, the true villains are. I got to tell you, I thought. Dore- uh, sorry, I thought Sutton would have turned tail after last season. And I feel like she went into some sort of training mode over the season where she worked with somebody to like toughen up. You're not going to be like that when Erica comes at you, you know, because I'm shocked that she's actually able to like roll her eyes now. But is it what I was going to ask you is like, do you think Erica has lost all power once the wealth goes away? People are like, what the fuck are you even doing here? Like, is there a little bit of that attitude? Do you think no, of like well, you're just gonna the, fart in the corner? What are you doing? No, she's the well, she's the most fucking talked about person on Bravo. People are obs- obsessed with her. I mean, she yawns well, yeah. and Twitter goes well, into Bill a meltdown. <laughs> she <laughs> has she has had the most. She's had Jack, the most. You know, to- I get a lot of dick. <laughs> Dick, 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 all day. I'm eating dick. I'm, I'm but, eating. I'm taking dick. She, did you know she gets a lot of sex, Chuck? Did you know that? But here's the thing. This is the same thing that happened with Countess Luann, and it was amazing. She had this buttoned-up, uptight persona, and then one day suddenly she was getting drunk. She was falling in the bushes. She was having sex with, like, every Tom, the Dick, pirate, and Harry. Yeah. yeah, and Erica is going through that. Wait, it's, actually, it's a- you're right. Tom and Harry, we know it for sure. Was there a dick involved in there somewhere? <laughs> I mean... Eric is having the same story arc and that that's longevity on a show like this, because it's amazing. Cause you look at where she's, where she's come now. She's had over like a rock bottom moment. Now she will rise again. And it's such, it's, it feels like a very and classic. Do what though, Jacques, what is she going to do? Like sell her horse hair? Like what is she, what, where, where the, is the rise going to happen? Like the, what, what is she going to do? The sky is the limit. She's talent. She's a star. She could <laughs> she could do it all. Limit. Like, hey, you son I of do. a bitch. Tell me that you think she's an amazing pop star like Lady Gaga. Tell me. Do not she's not like, like okay, she's not like Lady Gaga, but I will say, and this is true, that I was a fan of her music pre-Housewives. A lot of the gays because people go, no one knew who she no, was. And I'm like, the know, gays expen- knew who she it, was. You know, we knew expensive. who she was. Yeah, she yeah. had a couple bops, the, you know. The dance songs. I still listen to the songs sometimes. I love it. Um no, but you know what I do think? This is going to sound like I'm throwing shade at her, and I'm actually not. But you know how she was saying on the episode the other week she should be a dominatrix? I think she should be a celebrity dominatrix, um, like a really uh, a high-end one, and she wouldn't even have to fuck anyone. She could literally just tell them to, like, lick her boots and stuff. I think she should be a dominatrix. I think she should do OnlyFans. I think she should do a sex toy line. OnlyFans, I actually was like, why? She's doing this little, what is it, scriber or something where you can pay $5 a month to get, like, text message updates from Erica. And I'm like, oh, I might have girl, to subscribe to that. If you're going that far, just do the OnlyFans already because you're already putting suggestive photos online why not go the full you know the thing is okay i know a lot of because i know a lot of reality stars here in australia and really australia is so trashy like the big shows here at this point you know i have a a decent australian audience 
Like yeah. people from Australia listen to this. Like, isn't that crazy? Like, isn't that like, I get so many nice emails. Like, what is it about Australia? Like, do you guys just love reality shows? Like, I mean, it's I like think so. Awesome. It's like such a our, cool audience. Our reality shows are pretty crappy. The Married at First Sight Australia is amazing. But the thing here is now that basically people go on these shows, they go on Married at First Sight or whatever, then they just go straight onto OnlyFans after. But I know a lot of these people and they are making like, they're making a lot of money. Like some of them are making like over a hundred grand a month doing that girl OnlyFans. Ashley from Below Deck, which I know you don't watch, but she went to Oh, OnlyFans. I did watch that season because Sailing Yacht's my favorite. Yeah, she's yeah. cleaning up. So imagine someone of Erica's level. Now is my favorite part of the show where I get to talk to uh, talk about our sponsors for this week. And we have two returning sponsors. Uh, I love both of these. And I think these actually kind of go hand in hand. We have Splendid Spoon and we have Just Thrive. And Splendid Spoon, you guys, they've sent me a, a couple orders now of just like a r- array of meals. And it's just awesome. And you guys, I especially love uh, things like Splendid Spoon where it's healthy and you can just throw it in the microwave. Very little thing. Like it's, you don't have to cook. You can, you know, I can be at my desk working on pods and all of that stuff and just go in the kitchen, throw it in the microwave for a couple minutes. And I have an amazing tasting meal that is healthy for me and it tastes amazing. Um, so when the weather is warm, you can't help, but get out and explore. Um, and you got to make sure you refresh and refuel after a long summer getaway. So whether you're planning for the big summer trip or recovering from one, it's important to give your body the fuel it needs to feel its best with splendid spoon. You can enjoy a clean, delicious, stress-free meal in just minutes. Splendid spoon takes the work out of eating healthy by delivering ready to eat, plant-based meals, smoothies. The smoothies are flipping ridiculous, you guys. And juices. I I actually had a smoothie. You know, like how I sometimes like Diet Coke. I mean, not even sometimes. I was at a Diet Coke and I I was like, well, better crack into one of these smoothies. And it was just as good as a Diet Coke. And I was like, that's dangerous. That's dangerous. Um, And they also have juices and they'll deliver it right to your door. They have like these recovery shots. Um, It's just so good. Um, So yeah, it's, they, they they want me always in these things to talk about like how this fits into my routine. And it's like, it fits amazingly into my routine because my routine is so frantic and busy that it fits right in because this is the only thing. It, it's like, it's so easy for me to make and it feels like I'm eating something that is home cooked, you know? It saves so much time. Uh, I just, I love everything about it. And you get to choose the meals that you want. Each delivery, you can choose. And they have such a wide array of dishes. They have over like 50 choices. They're constantly rotating their their menu. It's insane. So it fits into any schedule. And there's a meal plan for everyone. You can just go on your website and make your choices. And then it's shipped directly to your door. This is the bad part. You got to take it from the door. And you got to put it in the fridge. And sometimes I'm like, can I handle it? But I've been working out, so it's been easier for me to actually do basic activities like that. Um, Every single meal, and this is also awesome, 100% plant-based, gluten-free, and GMO-free. So you can enjoy delicious dishes like creamy mushroom and spinach noodles, coconut curry, and the cauliflower tikka soup, which is so good. So good. Um, so you got to stay well-fueled this summer with Splendid Spoon. Get started today and save on an entire week of ready-made plant-based meals. So just go to SplendidSpoon.com 
forward slash so bad for $50 off your first box when you subscribe. That's $50 off at splendidspoon.com slash so bad. And remember, you guys, go check it out for yourselves. Like, I think you will really dig it, but use the promotion and also go check it out for the podcast. It really does help. I want our sponsors to always feel like we've got a nice audience that is willing to check out these things, but I totally, totally dig Splendid Spoon myself. So Splendid Spoon, if you're listening, please, please, please keep send, sending me the, it's so good. This, oh. Anyways, okay, and our final one today is Just Thrive. Uh, I'm going to give you a 15% off promo code at the end of this, so just know that. Um, but I have been taking two of their products, and uh, one is a probiotic, and then one is this thing called Just uh, Just Calm. It's like a brand new product, and it has been clinically proven in multiple studies to help reduce perceived stress. I totally need that. Balance cortisol, improve sleep quality, and even encourage focus and flow. And for unbeatable stress management, I have been pairing it, the Just Calm, with the Just Thrive spore-based probiotic. Um, And this is why I do that. We've all heard the term gut instinct or the gut-brain connection, but that connection is more powerful than you think. Your gut and brain talk to each other, sending signals all day long. By the way, the gut-brain talk thing sounds like an amazing podcast. If I could get my gut and brain talking to each other, that would just free me up. If I, that would just be like one episode per week. I'm just, I take it easy and I just record my gut and brain talking to each other. Um, <laughs> the gut's like, man, are you even in there, brain? So a healthy gut isn't just crucial for immune and digestive health. It's also one of the best ways to beat stress long-term. By giving your gut the beneficial bacteria it needs to thrive, Just Thrive Probiotic not only supports your best gut health, it creates the perfect foundation for Just Calm to perform at maximum strength. And when your gut is happy and your stress is under control, you'll be able to keep calm and win the day every day. So like I said earlier, right now you can get 15% off this dynamic duo when you go to justthrivehealth.com. And use code so bad at checkout. And I'll put the link in the show notes. So make sure, and you'll be hearing that 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 spot all week. Thank you guys for listening to these. I know it is easy to fast forward, but I really do appreciate it. And the show appreciates it. Uh, the URL will uh, be up there. But the, the folks that just thrive, amazing. And I got to tell you, I've taken probiotics before. <laughs> I don't want to get graphic, but this probiotic, let me just tell you, it, it truly works. Truly, we're just going to leave it at that. So someone of Erica's level, she would make so much money doing that. If people from fucking Below Deck and Married at First Sight Australia are making that much money, Erica could make a lot. And you do not have to do hardcore porn on OnlyFans. You do not have to be on there with like a gaping asshole, okay? You could be doing like lingerie and and topless and people pay to message with you and talk with you and interact with you. So I actually think she should lean into this whole sex thing and do like a sex and do sex toys. If you're going to say you're getting that much sex, why not then make some money off it? Why not? Like, I don't care about your flipping hair that you're like, I've always loved hair. Everybody knows. Erica hair. Like, who cares? If you're known for sex, 
show us some sex, you know? And I I think that, look, I'm wondering if maybe in her mind she's thinking, no, I want to hold out. I know that once, you know, this blows over, I'm going to be able to get more credible entertainment jobs. Maybe she's got some, like, manager that's telling her that. But you can put us, if she starts making, here's the thing, if she starts making a lot of money on OnlyFans and doing, like, quote, unquote, like, sex work, whatever, she can come out and put that an empowering spin on that and be like, yeah, baby, you know, I built built myself back up and now I'm making a million dollars a month on OnlyFans and I've got this sex toy line. People would kind of respect it. I mean, kind of. I mean, her 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 housewife's tagline is like, I have nothing to hide and nothing to lose. And that's why I'm on OnlyFans. Like, if you really <laughs> truly believe that, do that because I have a feeling like time is of the essence on this stuff, you know, like she's what, 52 or 53 years old, still. And she looks 30. Well, let's calm down. (laughs) I I will. No, I will say she's, she's pretty. I'm not, I've never commented on more than her looks. Well, what about PK? What about PK? And, PK, um, I've got new teeth. I've got PK new teeth. And Mauricio, when they were talking about who was the hottest in there, and they and they caught that on the mic, and they, they fucking died at that. And one of them said Erica. <laughs> I they love, said like Erica I mean, and someone else. What is, I, like, I love the rumor that gets passed around online all the time about Mauricio and Dorit. Like that they're, you know, like, oh, oh they you, have can tell, you can tell they hook up. And I'm like, well, how do people watch these shows? Like, I literally watch it and I'm like, there's no part of me that's like, they're banging. Like, no, it like, looks, I've never I, thought I, that. No, I love that people write this kind of fan fiction and I do it sometimes myself, I guess. But it is funny to hear those things that kind of like take heat and all that or like kind of gain traction. Um, Now, to one of the worst people I've ever seen on TV, Lisa Rinna. I know you're a big fan uh, of Lisa, but you've got to be embarrassed this season, right? you got to be like, well, maybe I've called it wrong this season. No, not at all. But I, I will say that this season recently, it's actually the first time I've really had anything negative to say about her because usually... I mean, she she go. I think she's always right in basically everything. Everything she said. When you look back, things that people hated on her for, it's like, oh, she was right about Kim. Oh, she was right about like she was fucking right about them all. She goes too far with it though. But this season, yeah, she's definitely she's definitely gone too far. Where I've been like, okay, Lisa Rinner, and I usually don't say that, and I'm thinking this is not a good look. And I think that um. I think it's a combination of different things going on. I think she's obviously grieving Lois, and I think that's actually really affecting her. I think she's been in the housewives bubble for too long because you see her on social media, which I agree with all of her Instagram posts, by the way. So, but just the way she's, she, she loves to do a post and a delete, but she's doing it more often recently. I think she's, she's going off the rails a little bit. I wonder if she needs to go on pause. Like, I do not think that she needs. That's what I was going to ask you is that, because somebody had mentioned that to me the other day. I'm like, do you think they'll put her on pause like Dorinda? And I was like, no way. And then I started thinking about it. I was like, wait a sec. If that really was the Dorinda and it was like all the anger towards Tinsley. And of course it was like the drinking as well. But like, if you're going to do that with Dorinda and it doesn't have to be tit for tat and they're different production companies, but would you ever put Lisa Rinna on pause? Like we love, you know, like I always think sometimes the Beverly Hills ladies or, you know, live in their own kind of, bubble away from the bravo universe even though we did see kyle of course on ultimate girls trip you know it's weird like i i would find it really weird to find if rena got cast on a girls trip for some reason like i almost think they set them aside because it's one of the most popular shows or they they don't deem to i don't know do you know what i'm saying 
Yeah, no, I know. I, but with her going on pause, I could, yeah, even the stuff with Kathy Hilton, right? So again, Lisa Rinna will be proven to be right about Kathy Hilton, you know, the fan favorite. Kathy, but just Lisa who Rinna cares? Can... Yes, Kathy's a bad person. Wow, you got it out of Okay, everybody. yeah, but you we guys love know. to come, you got, you love to come up to Erica and put Erica and Lisa Rinna through hell. I mean, they cannot do anything without just the uh, constant abuse online from everyone. Oh, and then, and break. then when it comes to, oh, when it comes to, Sutton, when it comes to Sutton and Garcelle and the favorites, it's like they just but, but, they no, get away no, with murder. No, so, listen, I, I Sutton has done so many stupid things, but I find that actually for somebody that is wildly insecure to be able to finally stand up for themselves, I do encourage that because you have two of the biggest fucking bullies on TV, Rinna and Erica. And that's no, what the they two are. biggest bullies, bullies are Sutton and they, Garcelle. No, Sutton and Garcelle no, are the two biggest they bullies I've ever seen. Finally. They do Erica not, they are Rinna the biggest bullies. In- they are the biggest instigators, Sutton and Garcelle. They are, are so vile. Shock, the you way need to that be they've... committed if that's what you... We literally just watched a bunch of episodes where Rino was just like freaking out of nowhere, like, I got there! Like, yeah, I'm saying this this time I agree with you on Rina, but usually it's the other she's holding people accountable as they should be, okay? Um we, you know, with Sutton, she came and kicked Erica when she was at her lowest. So she could Sutton was Wait, not a full time fundraiser. That was her lowest. No, no, back, no, back the other season when Sutton got upgraded to full time because Sutton was not a full time housewife, and she came after Erica when Erica had done nothing wrong. It was Tom Girardi's crimes, and she came after her because production was in her ear, and she wanted to get upgraded and get a diamond, which she did get. That's now a- we have. She now didn't we get have a diamond got, because she couldn't show her kids. Now we know she didn't get a diamond because I think she has, she, I think she's neurodivergent. Something is off oh with my her. God. I think uh, she is not normal. They are, oh, yeah, but Rin is the height of normalcy. Are you, they give, uh, there's something a demon. I'm telling you, there's something wrong with Sutton. And if you look at her, if you look at her interviews on like the, you know, the Housewives Nightcaps and the podcast and stuff without the Bravo editing, giving her a good edit. Something's not right up there. With Garcelle, we have Garcelle rehashing Lisa Rinna's five-year-old storylines. Do you think she has a drinking problem? Like, girl, Lisa Rinna did that five years ago with Kim Richards, who actually did have a drinking problem and got a fucking arrested in Target. And Wait, has, John, you know, I listen, I'm on SSRIs and I talk about this all the time. I'm on Lexapro and I've been on, like, listen, you can drink, like, I'm sorry, something else is at work there because it ain't Lexapro and it's like- Yeah, something else. She has the whole world hating her and abusing her for something that she didn't do. She's been made the fall guy for Tom Girardi's crimes in the eyes of the public. But don't lie about what you're taking and how it's like you're going to actually turn off people to SSRIs and things that can actually help you. But Lexapro doesn't make you act like a fucking idiot at parties. Like it just doesn't. Some pe- different people react differently to SSRIs. So some people do have an adjustment period, and they they takes a while to get the balance right and and the meds right. She's and then when you add in all the stress, she was talking you, about it last season too. When you add in all the stress that she's going through, when you add in all of the abuse, the abuse that she cops, all the legal problems, being in this show, like having to be on defense, having some Karen like Garcelle, like trying to come at you like Lisa Vanderpump style with some maneuvering behind the scenes, like you're going to be stressed out. Well, maybe um, take a laxative and chill out. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that Erica is showing us this vulnerable side, is just putting it all out there. Oh, she the, is wait, she's wait, the Doug, epitome of strength. One of the fakest moments on TV was like, you tell Paris and Nikki I didn't want to put a stain on their special day. Which, by the way, Paris didn't oh, get think, married to Nikki, first off. I, and like the fact that like she thinks Paris was like, Mom, should I still get married? Erica's not coming, you know? That was just emo drunk talk, though. That was just yeah, like, yeah, I'm yeah. I'm wasted and I'm just like making a fool of myself. Um, 
No, and I, I think Eric is doing amazing this season, but I am a little worried about Lisa Rinna. And even with Lisa Rinna coming up to Kathy Hilton, which I'm like, yeah, of course Lisa Rinna is going to be right about all of this. Like, and the, the fan favorite that you guys lord, oh my God, she can do no wrong. Now you're going to find out like, all these problematic things about wait, Kathy, wait, wait. but the thing, no, but but I think Lisa Rin is going I, too far on Kathy. That's what I'm saying. She's there's going only too a hard small on group of us though that I think like I don't like. Listen, I know Kathy's a, a cuckoo bird. Like I know, like I I do, but it, I don't think it's either or. I don't think there's one bad and one good. I think we're filled with all of these different shades. And I think one person, like I started the first two seasons, I liked Rinna. Like I was like, oh hell yeah. And then she slowly changed because she actually finally got a recurring gig that was actually getting her attention and stuff and you know like that's like you know catnip for her is it oh, wait, wait i disagree because i actually didn't like her that much the first two seasons and then after but see that, we're very like we're different in how we felt like she things, was you know? more herself afterwards and was more like you know what and then i was like oh yeah lisa rinna's on it like she knows what the fuck's going on and then i was team lisa rinna after that <laughs> um so your podcast unpopular which you guys need to go subscribe to you had done the Kelly interview. Was there any other things that she said in that interview that were, um, I mean, I feel like anything that comes out of this girl's mouth and almost on purpose to get people talking is controversial. It's Was no, there it's anything? Not on purpose. It's not on purpose because she's really like she, that. She, she doesn't, she just had no filter because after the, she was so harsh. And after the interview, she messaged me and she said, oh, I, you know, I think it was too harsh. I'm like, no, people love it. Like, you know, my audience. You're like, I'm was... not editing. I'm not editing <laughs> this. <laughs> one thing I was happy about with my audience is, of course, she's saying, you know, things that people aren't going to agree with about, like, you know, the vaccine and stuff, you know, all of just all of her different views on You guys started talking people... about vaccines? Oh, my oh, God. Oh, that's it started. It, that's how she we started it. Um, but, of course, she's she's putting all that stuff out there. But I was really happy that I only got one, I only got one message from someone who I've never even seen before. And they were like, you're irresponsible, like letting her come on and, you know, spew these views. But everyone else that listens to my show was able to, even if they didn't agree with her, I mean, some people did agree with her, some people didn't, but they were able to like appreciate it for entertainment of like, oh, that's crazy. Kelly Dodd being Kelly Dodd. This is so much fun. And I was so relieved about that. And that it wasn't, you know, a wave of messages. If I can't believe you had her on, but I do. Yeah. You, I do get nervous sometimes when I have a certain person and on or certain like or if i talk about a certain topic you know especially with podcasting i don't know if this is like with all kind of forms of entertainment you know everybody's it's just so it's like i feel like sometimes people listen because at listen in one of the most vulnerable sensitive moments of their life because they you know they take it so personally like everything you know a lot and i and and i i will absorb that sometimes and the you know it's it's a lot to absorb sometimes and it's not like boohoo woe is me because i'm so lucky to do this but it is sometimes there will be days where i'll get like just so down because a bunch you know like i'm just like oh shit man yeah like, the bad I- feedback for sure like no that happens to all of us look i me and kelly were in talks to do this we've been trying to tee it up with and because we're in different countries the schedule is hard to do we've been trying to do this since i don't know like a year and a half we've been talking on and off about doing this and I, even at the start i was thinking like oh god you know should i have her on am i gonna have to hold her accountable like for things and then when I was able to like get over that over because I've had the podcast for longer now and I was just so happy that I was able to have fun with it and enjoy it and I do think she was wrongfully attacked for a lot of stuff so um you know I was was Rick in the background 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, he was. He was. Um, I thought he was going to try to take over, but he didn't. He was. <laughs> because I noticed back. they have a YouTube channel now, which she's trying to rebrand as a YouTuber. And uh, I noticed he really does a lot of the he- like, not heavy lifting. He but does. He's there kind yeah, of like if he's she's color commentary. And he- yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. You, you can kind of tell that. But I was really happy that people were able to enjoy it and have fun with it, whether they agreed with her or they disagreed. And she said so much. I mean, she absolutely dragged Emily, who I really like Emily. I'm a big fan of Emily's on the yeah, show. Yeah, me too. I, I like Emily yeah. a lot. Yeah. And because people hate on Emily a lot. And I actually think she's been a really good addition on the show. And I think, look, I find Gina, personally, I find Gina annoying, but I actually think she's a good housewife. And, uh, you know, Kelly ripped into them. Who else did she go into? Obviously, we did vaccine stuff, um, ripped into Bravo. I mean, what else? We talked yeah. about the Drunk Wives Matter thing. We, I mean, uh, everything, everything you expect from a Kelly Dodd interview. Um, we does went she, there. I mean, do you get the sense that she, like Tamara, is desperate to get back on the show and that's why she wants to stay somewhat relevant in this universe because it worked for Tamara? Tamara's back. No, I actually, I don't. I'm sure she would go back if she was offered to go back. She would definitely go back for sure. But no, because I think someone that was desperate to go back wouldn't be as outspoken as she has been. She's like, she got, that's why she got fired. It wasn't even for what she did on the show. It was for how she was outspoken on social media. And she's leaned into that more and she's gone more unfiltered with it. It's sort of like, we've got, since she left OC, we've got like Kelly Dot Unchained, you know, Kelly Dot Unfiltered. Like the ver- it's like the version on OC was like the filtered Kelly Dot or something. But I think, got even but crazier. at the same time, maybe that will find its own audience. But sometimes when that spotlight is off you, it's like, yeah, man, scream as loud as you want. Like, well, hopefully somebody yeah. hears it, you know? She does. She has a very engaged audience for sure. Like she actually, people really like people hate her, but people love her. Like she really is that polarizing person where people just like think she's like amazing or they just cannot stand her. Like I, but I had a lot of messages from people going, I'm not going to listen if you're having Kelly Dot on. Then I'm getting messages after. Of course they listened and they like think it's hilarious. Yeah. Um, But you know, Bronwyn, Bronwyn and Kelly were kind of fired for the same thing. That it, That's the thing that people feel like Kelly was just fired for because being you know, she's conservative Well, because she's, you know, more conservative or right-leaning or whatever you want to frame it as. But, um, and she definitely got a lot of hate for that. But Broman and Kelly were both essentially fired for the same thing, was that they were both deemed too polarizing on each side because they were both so in their political things. Because Broman was all about her, like, activism and her sobriety and her lesbianism and her BLM and all this stuff. And then Kelly was on the other side with her vaccine stuff and all of that. I think they were both just deemed, like, this is too much. Like, we want to play it safer. Although they shouldn't have. They should have kept them both on. But anyway. (laughs) Well, speaking of Vanilla and Safer, you're a huge fan of Teddy Mellencamp. And (laughs) you have tried, I remember back in the day, you know, I think you were trying or you were close to getting her on your show. And, you know, she does the uh, two TPs in the pod, uh, which is a very successful podcast. The number one, the number one housewives podcast. So, you know, Teddy by on top, two former continue. housewives, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, so uh, does, do you think it eats Teddy alive that Tamara's back on the show and still people universally agree that Teddy shouldn't be back on the show? Do you, well, I mean, do you think it's weird? Do you think it causes any kind of rift in between them at all of like, you know, at the end of the day, Tamara does have this diehard audience and Teddy has you. 
Well, <laughs> well, there's actually a lot of teddy bears out there, and you know we we don't all feel comfortable to come out and to speak up because the bullies on social media are so vile and they attack us for liking Teddy. Um, yes, I've been trying to get Teddy on my podcast since basically since I started the podcast, like before she even had the two T's in a pod. I was trying to get Teddy when she on. was just one T in a pod. Yeah, uh, so she was one yeah. T in a pod, and. You know, I, I talked to her, you know, management. She has a very huge entourage because of a star of her caliber does have a lot of people. And she, wait, <laughs> are you talking talk- about her kids? What are you talking about here? <laughs> <laughs> and I can, I do have some good news. Uh, Teddy, and she does follow me now and she has acknowledged me finally after many years of me standing her. I uh, have not asked <laughs> her to come on the pod directly because I'm scared. I mean, I know she's busy. Wait, I'm wait, 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 wait. Down. that I don't get. You are outspoken. Why can't you ask Teddy to be on your, well, wait, that, that doesn't make sense. Because what but if she I says too, no? But- I finally, I feel like Teddy needs you more than you need Teddy. Like, I think you would actually give probably an interesting Teddy interview more than anyone else would. So that is the greatest. It would be the greatest Teddy interview. I wish she had done it back before, before she had the two T's when, because when the, like the height of the hate after she got off of Beverly Hills, because I really think we could have cleared some misconceptions at, at that time. But um, yeah, I would still love to do that. I mean, she was on Carlos. Oh, she was on Carlos King's podcast and he is a teddy bear as well. And he said she never should have been fired. And you know, (laughs) okay, Carlos. Okay. (laughs) Like, listen, wait, I also don't think like, why can't we see what's in front of us? Like, Listen, Teddy wasn't a good uh, housewife. Like, oh my god, Tamara, she, uh, Tamara she... I see that. Like, yes, Tamara has done some. Like, even if I sometimes don't care for her, she has done some amazing things in the world of housewives. Teddy was there. No, Teddy was. Teddy an was in the room part. where it happened. Like, Teddy okay, first of... was in the room where it happened. To say that just to Teddy was there. She We're was. still talking about Teddy. Okay, Teddy is trending on Twitter every fucking week. Like people are obsessed with Teddy. If Teddy says something on two are T's you and sure a pod, it's not like or Teddy she, Ruxpin or like a Teddy no, Bear is trending. It's every Teddy week? Mellencamp, and yes, of course it's negative. But I mean, to have that much of a reaction from the audience to still be talking about a three season housewife. We're still talking about her. She still enrages people. Like seriously, every story you see about Teddy, the amount of hate comments. I've never seen anything like it. She's like more hated. Like people talk about her more still than like they talk about fucking Vicky Gumbleson or something now. It's well, she re- it's, it's what she represents now. Like, you know, she it's it's it, it's turned into kind of a runaway joke because she really hasn't done anything that much to even kind of justify the amount of jokes that are thrown her way. But like anything, the joke kind of snowballs. No, I mean like listen, I got six hours of Teddy Mellencamp last night and I tried to get six to eight hours. Oh, I mean sleep. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. I got six hours of sleep. Um, no, like this podcast is number one. Okay. She clearly does something on the show. With she her family, yeah. understood the assignment. Okay. She was so Wait, good at to like bore conf- people to tears. No, is that the assignment? Conf- okay. The, she only had, she, okay. She, the first season she came on, that was actually the worst season of housewives really ever. And that was not, yeah, they really fault, did but- go through like a three season drought with well, yeah. the, te- the puppy and all that shit. Yeah. Well, this was before the, she carried the puppy season because she was the one that went up oh, against yeah. Lisa Vanderpump and she, she vanquished Lisa Vanderpump. The amount of people. I hear Lisa's have, coming have, back though, by the way. Oh, please. As if they're going to have that 70 year old on the show now when you've got all these, like th- she's not, Wait, are you about to go? Yeah. Because you're so hot for Erica Jane. When they yeah. have somebody that's getting dick all the time, like Erica <laughs> Jane, they're not going to bring Lisa back in. 
Lisa Vanderpump has nothing to offer. She shows no accountability for anything ever. She's never apologized for one thing. She has the, she has the same sort of syndrome as like Teresa and like Nini, where they just can't take any accountability. Well, for what any did you of think of Teresa's wedding? Speaking of that, like you did, you see all the social media and all that stuff. And where did yes. you stand well, I just with Joe say- and Melissa not going and all that shit? I just want to say that Teddy moved the story forward constantly and she was hot and she got in drama and she spoke up for herself. And the last season she was on, she was pregnant and she still showed up and did it while she was like heavily. Teddy was an amazing housewife and she should have stayed on the show. And Carlos King agrees. Now, as for uh, (laughs) Teresa's wedding, I was kind of, I don't know, I probably shouldn't have been surprised, but it was amazing by how much press it got like on Daily it really Mail. Did. i mean it truly everybody showed up for that and it was kind of a fun it was at one of the funner moments to be a bravo fan even if you didn't like Teresa, it was still fun to comment on things and look at the pictures and i kind of am very excited about the two episode series that they're gonna do off of this like i was i was like i don't like louis but like hey if you're happy let's see let's okay, well, let her he's- He's a dirty John, like he is, he's dirty John 2.0 completely another like Brooks or whatever. And that's going to end in disaster. But yeah, that was number one. I work at daily mail. It was the number one. Oh yeah. Daily mail. Daily mail is still like my favorite fucking, like I (laughs) I'm on daily mail so damn much that it is just insane. I love daily. Do you wait, by the way, do you have any daily mail shirts I can have? Or like a oh, shirt. No, but can I maybe buy I can, merch? Let me. I'll try. I'm gonna ask. Well, you, I feel like you but, guys should sell merch. I would kill for a Daily Mail hat or a shirt. <laughs> like my I, God, I love Page Six and the New York Post. I would wear their merch, but I probably shouldn't. Um, <laughs> given my job, I want to get um, a Giddy a Getty Images shirt. <laughs> <laughs> but um no it was like the number one story people were like completely obsessed with that wedding which was interesting to me you know the whole wedding to me looked just like it just looked like a tv production like when i saw fucking that chanel ayan there i'm like you've been on tv for two weeks and Dubai, you're at two, yeah yeah she's like at, thank you for the invite like I, and she was like so you could tell she was thrilled like what a what a it was like cinderella getting a ticket to the ball I, at the last minute she was so jazzed it was so tragic and i'm like okay so basically like did nbc cast this like was there even was there a guest list or was it just like nbc casting for the wedding um let's just get mario lopez is over by the strip bar yeah i know Um, like it was chanel there to like cross promote like dubai so people can well kind i mean but by the way at the same time jacques it kind of needs it a little bit so it was like it's kind of good that she got there you know well, they should just axe it, but that's a whole other thing. No, but I mean, anyway. listen, I, I got to say, I am, I am behind on Dubai like a lot of us are. <laughs> but, for, for, but from social media, everybody says it's found its groove. I don't know if oh, that's, please. is that not true? Okay. I doubt it. I've, I sometimes I watch the, some of the Twitter accounts will, um, share like a fight like i watched a fight with it was chanel and carol and stanbury and it was so annoying and chanel was just talking and talking and talking and it was exhausting and she was making an issue out of like nothing and they were trying it was just it's it's awful it's the worst it's the whatever it's so bad (laughs) but um you know the Teresa wedding i don't know i listened to did you see melissa gorga and joe came out on their podcast and spoke about why they weren't there you know i saw but i didn't get to listen to it what was the reason they wouldn't. They couldn't say the reason exactly because they said, "Look, things are leaked out in the media," which is, I think, is it what Melissa had an affair with someone. But yeah, supposedly the season finale of Jersey, which they've already shot, news got brought from like it was like Dolores's friends said something hmm. that said something, and Teresa was going to use that. So they're saying Teresa wanted to ruin our marriage, so we're not going to go to your wedding. 
Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Yeah, they're, I think they're basically acknowledging that's what happened, but they said they couldn't go into details because it's on the show. But they said that the version that's been leaked, they said there's like there's, there's another part of that that hasn't come out yet. So, and that that like vindicates them more or something. But they seem really done with Teresa and they were like, yeah, Teresa hates us. <laughs> well, that, I mean, but I mean, that's really kind of it. I mean, Teresa yeah. does hate, I mean, like, you always get the sense, like, I, you can be Melissa and Joe haters all you want, but, like, I do get the vibe that Teresa genuinely hates both of them, and she's repeatedly shown it every season, and I, like, Teresa has one of the most, like, popular, intense fan bases of all of Bravo, <laughs> but I'm like, it's guys, crazy. we can't even agree on this little thing of, like, come on, like, it, you know, and she's like, horrible, Melissa, she's, Melissa's she's plans of, like, I'm like, Dude, Teresa shits on these people every chance she gets. She's so awful. She's so toxic and horrible. Did you see she gets she's getting a new podcast? Oh my god, Namaste, bitches, with some other podcaster. I'm like, she can't even string a sentence together, and now she's going to have a podcast. Like that is that's so tragic. I mean, I thought it was. I mean, I like Melissa, but I thought it was tragic when she started a podcast. But then to have (laughs) Teresa with the podcast, I'm like, oh my god, this is so bad. I mean. We don't know what that podcast will be, but is there a podcaster out there right now in terms of Bravo um, that shouldn't be podcasting? Oh, my God. All of them. Um, (laughs) There's a lot of them. It is true. If you get a Bravo contract, you immediately get a podcast now. Well, someone asked me on Patreon, they said, can you name the worst Bravo podcasters? And they weren't just talking about talent. They were talking about across the board. And I actually said, I'm like, I know... I know you guys want me to trash, you know, X, Y, Z. I'm not naming anyone, but I was like, okay, I'll put it this way. And this is what I had said as well. The worst Bravo podcasts are the ones that you don't even have an opinion on because they're so boring and it is generic. Like they don't have an interesting point of view. Uh, They're just doing the same thing as everybody else. Um, They're not really sort of talented as a commercial broadcaster. Like people like you and Zach Peter are very talented because you guys, like you guys could like host a show. You could, you could get signed to like a contract there and go, oh, we want you to host our new series and you guys could do that. But then a lot of these people, it's like, they're not talented in that regard, but they also don't have interesting opinions. So I'm like, any of these like podcasts that you guys, you know, are wanting me to name and like trash, if they've left that impact on you, they're really not that bad of a podcaster because it's like, we know who they are and we have like a reaction to them. So the worst podcasters are the ones that you don't even realize have a a fucking podcast. There's a lot of those. I mean, I do even wonder about that myself and I try to be positive about some things, but it's still like, I'm like, you know, they're almost, it's like, well, we're getting into the glamorous world of podcasting. And then you're like, I, let's see how long this lasts for you. Cause the first thing you're going to find out is that it's not glamorous. The first thing you're going to find out is nobody listens to you at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And like, you, you know, and I'm just like, what does that feel like to like, you know, and if you then keep putting that work in and stuff, like, you know, then maybe, I don't know, it's really weird. And I get sad sometimes when I look at like, cause I'm like, wow, people are still doing tons of new Bravo podcasts all the time so much so that I don't, I mean, I've, I still do Bravo majority, but I do a lot of other like pop culture and all because, you know, it's like at a certain point, this is even 
tedious and boring and all of that stuff for yeah so so many people are doing it i i try to do like you do i sort of bravo as my anchor and i try to mix it up and lately i've actually been doing a lot more bravo than usual i think it's because beverly hills has been on but like my show that i'm recording this weekend i'm actually i've got pretty much all non-Bravo topics that I'm like really excited to talk about. I'm talking about this new Meghan Markle tell-all that's out that I read and and some other stuff. And I'm like, oh, I'm glad to have like a bit of a reprieve from the Bravo stuff. But yeah, it is hard work behind the scenes. Not we're here going, oh my God, boo-hoo. But you know, anyone that's did you watch Love? It, did you watch Love Island UK? No, I didn't, but I have watched Love Island before. Um, I'm a, this I, is my first great. season of doing Love Island. I'm, the UK everyone, version. I've noticed everyone is just jumping onto it now. It's, like, uh, you know, the Americans felt, are I, just into it now. What a cool format. And I hear like you guys have your own Love Island in Australia, right? And that's yes. like supposed to be good too, or is that not? No. It, okay. So we've had like three seasons. I think the f- very first season was amazing. It was so good. And then season two, I did not think was that great. I knew two people on it. And then the third season, I just didn't really care about. But Love Island, when it's a good season, the two seasons I would recommend everyone to watch actually is season one of Australian Love Island. Amazing. And they, they even have like a fist fight. And and because Australians are just like ratchet. And then um, the Love Island UK season, I think it might be season Five. four, the, the the one with Danny Dyer and Dr. Alex. And people know, Love Island fans will know what I'm talking about. It's got Dr. Alex. It's got Jack and Danny. It's got Megan Barton Hanson. That season is so good. But yeah, Love but Love Island, not all the seasons are good because I tried to continue with it. And then, you know, because it's such a, it's commitment, a commitment. Yeah. It's like it's like watching Big Brother. Like it's like five days a week or something. It's crazy. So, but I have noticed that suddenly, I don't know why, but every single American podcaster now is doing Love Island UK and they've just got into it. Well, I so love that. Like, well, I know because I initially hated it the first week and I was like, what the f- these stupid water bottles they're always carrying around with them with their name. And then, and then, you know, like by the third week, I was like, I need to get one of those water bottles. I like, I like that. <laughs> you know, like, I, I really, I, I like when things grow on me. Like I like when, it, you know, that's, there are these things and, and I watch so much reality and have for so many years now that when I watch like, a, like I started watching. Oh, what did I want? I fucking watched the James Bond No No Time to Die movie last week. And you would have thought it was the best film in the world over how I was because I was so excited to see a fucking just stupid story with like, you know, people like spies and stuff. And I was like, wow, where are all the girls arguing? There's no girls arguing with each other. This is amazing. Like, I really got into it. I've been doing that lately. I've been watching more scripted stuff. Like I told you before we started recording, I started watching Virgin River on Netflix, which is just this like which is this like midday soap opera, which I would usually never watch. And I opened actually, cause I watched resident evil as well on Netflix, which was had like, what's it feel worst. like to just completely give up Jacques? Was it, I mean, what did no. that feel? I mean, like you've given up completely watching virgin river. Yes. Cause the resident evil, which are considered like the worst shows. And then I ended up loving both of them, which is so funny. Um, cause I usually actually consider myself to have more of a highbrow taste when it comes to like scripted content. And now I'm like doing the Netflix, like trash pile stuff, but it was, oh. So nice to like, <laughs> to like not Wait, watch reality was, for a while. I don't like. I don't know if this is Netflix in every region, but they have this thing on there on Netflix now for the last year, where it'll be like you know you can choose what you want, or it'll be like surprise me, and I'm like, who the fuck has the time where they're like Netflix surprise me? I don't even care what I just show me what I like. Who does like who has the time to do a surprise me on Netflix? If I go to Netflix, I want to watch something usually pretty specifically or I'll see. But the surprise me. What are you? Are you insane? I know. We have paths do that. 
we have that too. And I usually, I'm like, I can barely find anything good to watch on Netflix, but I don't know. I've been Netflix pilled now, finally, now that it's like going under and it's considered like the most hated streaming platform. Suddenly I love it. Of course with me. Yeah. I've been talking about streaming services this past week because of the HBO max thing. And I don't know how that uh, goes over there, but I, you know, your opinions on Ezra Miller, uh, they, have you know just embroiled in all of this but they are the lead of a 200 million dollar franchise movie that every day now there's an article if it's going to get released if it's not what is your opinion on the ezra miller uh saga because there's not a day to go by that we don't hear about them um, it's so funny you asked me this because someone asked me that for a Patreon Q&A as well. And I said, I've never seen a Ezra Miller movie in my life. I don't know oh, what the Perks of Being a Wallflower is pretty I, good. Yeah, I, I, that one, I know I know of that movie. And that was when I was like, oh, yeah, that's meant to be good. And that Let's Talk About Kevin is meant to be good as well, which oh, I haven't yeah, seen I that. that but I think, is that a school shooter one? Yeah, I don't know. The book is the book is so much better than the movie. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I've never seen any of his movies. I don't. I actually don't follow that many like Hollywood actor people. Like what what they're up to. I know that he's some like non-binary rapist that attacks people in Seven Elevens or something. I well, I mean, I mean not Seven Elevens, Hawaii or okay in Hawaii. (laughs) <laughs> that's but no i don't have a take on it. i realize i haven't even watched any of these i don't watch that much like modern stuff actually last night i re-watched um jaws which i hadn't watched it since i was a kid you know what hot take didn't think it was that good on upon rewatch. and Dude, it's I, from 1978 of course yeah, it's but not I, that good you've seen but all I, these films that have like been inspired and gone way further than that movie now so no, there's no I, way you can like that movie but I love 70s. I love that's really like the golden age of cinema. So I love all of like the 70s classics, you know, like like Chinatown and and Godfather and all of the 70s movies. And I was like, you know, I haven't watched Jaws since I was a kid. I used to love Jaws 1 and 2. And then I watched it again. I'm like, this is just like a shit blockbuster from like the I mean, it was okay, but I was I like, mean, it this was is not the, that it good. truly was considered the first blockbuster. It yeah. changed how people view summer movies, created that whole thing. Yeah. Um I started watching The Nice Guys on Netflix last night. I love that movie. With Ryan Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe. And I'm only... 30 minutes into it but i i was watching before i went to bed and i loved i was like this is fucking good it's and shane so... black wrote it who did kiss kiss bang bang which i love that movie with val kilmer a lot uh and robert downey jr but yeah it's like, it's really nice you guys i don't i'm sure i don't need to tell you this to watch scripted television sometimes it's a really good palate cleanser from all of the bs and it's nice to see something with structure and like a story um but the, the hbo max thing i wanted to say just because Discovery Plus is merging and taking over HBO Max. So the 90 Day Fiance universe will be side by side with shows like Succession, (laughs) which just feels so wrong to me in so many ways. But also the Discovery Plus side is winning out over the HBO Max because reality shows are so cheap to produce. Yeah, that I mean, I don't know. I want to say it's sad, but it's, it's funny because I always felt especially before I did the podcast, like I would have friends that were just into kind of like, you know, scripted TV and don't watch reality. Like I was always the reality fan here in Australia and I appreciate, you know, cinema and stuff too. Okay. I'm not like, I don't just sit at home. Like, you know, yeah, you watch watching the my, my movies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I actually don't watch the movies. I just watch yeah. the series. But anyway, um, and I was always like, God, I hate this snobby attitude to reality TV. Um, you know, that it's, that it's lesser than, and these shows are so entertaining and they have so much to offer. And 
now that I'm so deep into it, it's like, it's like when you just having so much junk food that you want to eat vegetables. Like, so then when I am watching the scripted stuff, like I was going back trying to find like, you know, good seventies films to watch. I mean, I settled on Jaws, but I, it was between that and like some more credible things, but um, yeah, it's, we we, de- we need to have a balance. I think, I think we need yeah, to think get back to a bit more of a balance diet. Um, as we start winding down, we had talked about, I, I'm trying to remember, I don't know if it's DM or the last time you were on, what's going on with the love life? You were talking about getting into the shape to <laughs> date again and all of this stuff. Where oh my God, are I told we, you about that. where are we in this? Are we dating? Are we hooking up? What are we doing? Okay. I am getting in shape. I joined. Okay. So for people that don't know, I, I grew up in a small town, but I left at like 16 and moved to the city and I was there for I was there for like working there for years and years. And then when COVID happened, uh, you know, we had like a lock because we had really full on lockdowns in Australia and, you know, I didn't really know what was going to happen. And my mom was like, well, you know, move back home to, you know, your small town, you know, just move here for a while and see what happens. And then I ended up moving here and then I ended up getting a place and now I've moved back here permanently. And, I liked I liked the idea of going back to a small uh, my small town because actually it's really it's really nice here. Okay, like it's like fucking move to Virgin River. It's great. It has all of these like really great oh features. God. Um, you know, like, but I have like no social life, no dating life. Um, and well, so like, there's you're not on any of the apps. I'm on like the that. apps, but everyone on them's terrible. Like it, <laughs> they're so bad, and it's really funny actually. Because before I came, I was like, well, I know there's going to be like limited options here, but I'm like, well, I'm from the city, and like I'll probably be, you know, I'm like considered really average in the city because everyone there is like an in, you know Instagram models and stuff like that. Yeah. But I'm like, oh, I'll be like a bigger fish in a small pond. So I'll be able to have like my pick of the litter. I'll be able to have anyone I want if I move back here. And then I get on the apps and there's like, everyone's completely like, just no one I would ever date. The thing with the small towns with gay people specifically is anyone that, and this isn't a shit on sport because I'm from a small town. I actually love living here, but it's like, a lot of people that if they've got anything going on, they'd leave, especially if you're gay, because there's not much of a gay lifestyle. So they'll move to the city. So it's like all the good people move out. And then the things that you're left with are the dregs. There's one attractive person on Grinder that I'm obsessed with. He's so my type. And of course, he just doesn't even <laughs> message you back. Hi, but left on red. I'm like, okay, well, the one cute guy. <laughs> it's, no, it's a fucking disaster. And I'm actually, I don't know what to do with my life at the moment because I love everything else about living here. Like, I actually prefer this to living in the city. Like, I have way more money. I live in, like, a big house now. Like, before, in the city, I'm, like, sharing a, an apartment with, like, you know, a flatmate. Um, and here I have, like, a big giant house to myself. There's, you know, and there's still, it's still nice. There's still nice things here. There's still nice restaurants. There's places to go swimming in the summer. There's all these, like, good things. But socially, I just, like, cannot connect with no no one's on my wavelength i mean i have a weird personality anyway so it was not like i had like a million friends in the city but here it's even harder and um the the dating prospects are an absolute zero i always dreamed that i would meet someone online everyone listens to my show knows this i'm like i'll meet like a hot american and i'll get on 90 day fiance and then i'll like move to america (laughs) that that didn't happen so i don't know what i'm doing with my life you know who else is from a small town who john mellencamp 
A lot of the songs are about being a small town life. So that, that's what, you know. And Erica Wait, Jane is too. Then she Eric, moved to the yeah. city and made all her dreams I come true. My grandma, <laughs> she drove me in a letter from her. No. Um, wait, so what you are, re, uh, you're sure? I thought that was your own merch, but it's Leah McSweeney merch. Yes, a bitch, bitch mob. Married mob? to the mob. Yeah, married to the wait, mob. She's we been on it. your show, right? Yeah, she has. I love Leah. What um, the fuck, man? Why is like, Leah won't like, why won't you do my show, Leah? I don't understand. You follow me. I even joke about it. Like you won't do my, what? I don't know what the deal is. She's, she's picky, but then she did do a lot of, she did do a lot of podcasts when she was promoting her book. So I thought you would have gone on. I she's think she's picky, did, but well, it's not like I'm a fucking dumb, like no, I'm not, no, I'm not no, like you're not, you know, like, no, I mean, I'm idiotic, but it's not like, like, come on, you follow I do me. know that I think she was trying to, when Dude, I know when she was, prom- yeah, when she was, well, when she was promoting the book, cause the book doesn't have that much stuff about Bravo in it. It's more about like her sobriety. I think that's, what, her- she, I think that's what she thinks that like, I want, I'm like, Girl, like you don't realize that I don't even usually talk about Bravo with some of the Bravo celebrities because mm. you know I'd rather actually get to know. But if, if I'm just like, Gee, come on, Leah, please. Well, I want her to. I want her to come back on my show again, and we're friends. But I'm I'm kind of scared to ask her because. No, fuck you know, that. You know, Ask her to do my show. Fuck her. <laughs> like fuck your but, show. Do you get this though? Sometimes, so like, if you're like friendly with someone that would you want to have as a guest then you kind of feel like well because well, they're friends i don't want them to feel like i'm like putting them in an awkward position totally, where they're going to have totally. to say yes or they're going to feel awkward to decline so then you don't want to ask them oh yeah all the yeah. time all, i mean all the time i do that all and people uh that i work with get so frustrated at me for that but i really truly it's always like this battle in my mind of like well if i say this then they're gonna have to feel like they have to say this and then it's weird too because then you get your ego's involved too and they're like and you then go like, well, they should want to do it. I think I'm on okay interview. You know, like you, you, you have these stupid arguments with yourself that are completely idiotic, but you can't help but do it if you care about it. You can't help but. Well, are you still like super into YouTube and all that stuff too? Yes, yeah, I watch. I I'm like mostly into YouTube. I actually haven't not been listening to that many podcasts lately. Although you know what podcast I did get into, and now I'm obsessed with it. I fucking love um Giggly Squad with Anna Burner and Paige. It's like my favorite podcast now. It's the Resident <laughs> Evil of podcasts, you guys. It is the Virgin River of pod. No, I mean I hear it's I hear it's good. I hear you know it a obviously few weeks, does well. Like a few weeks ago, because I had heard it before, and I kind of thought this is stupid, and then like I put it on a few weeks ago and then i was like they are so funny together they have such good banter and i think as well like last year i was actually listening to a lot of political content like all the podcasts i was listening to were like political uh, yeah that, those analysis. are the podcasts i still listen to were like political yeah yeah well i was listening to all the political stuff like constantly and then this year i was just like you know this is just the same shit over and over like nothing really changes this is kind of just boring and i'm like now i'm wanting to listen to fun things so i am listening to like giggly squad and and stuff like that and there's some other podcasts I'm listening to that review like you know movies and, and and art and culture and I'm like more into that and I'm kind of like wanting a bit of a break from the, the politics and and just it, you know it's just so... yeah I was bummed the other day because I got sucked into watching that Donald Trump shit with the the Mar-a-Lago thing oh and the FBI I, raid I, yeah I watched it for a couple hours and then it remind got I got sad though because it just reminded me of like years ago when I just would watch cable news all the time and wake up and listen to the daily and yeah. first and all of this stuff. And I was like, Oh my God, I don't miss those days. You know, like it, 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 our political system over here, especially really truly seems like a reality show in itself. So you have to really be careful to not 
cross those streams or you can be really messed up. You don't, yeah, you do not want to get too sucked in by it. And I always thought that other people were too sucked in, but I wasn't. But then I realized like, God, I would listen to like hours of this stuff every day, breaking down the latest in the White House and stuff. And then I'm like, who the fuck cares? Like, does that much really? I don't, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to be on their pod. I don't like, I'm like, literally, I, and yeah. even the Trump, it's funny you mentioned the Trump thing because I went, oh yeah, I should. Like, I'm like, what's going on with this like Trump raid? I should probably like find out about that. So I put on like, so I put on YouTube and I'm like, okay, like let's break this down. It was sort of on the background. I'm like, I'm not even listening to this. Okay, I mean, I already knew he's corrupt. So do I need to listen well, to always, three hours? They have of one ins- slice of information. They have like one piece of information that everybody is making hours and hours of shows around. And then you got the YouTubers and podcasters on both sides making all of their money and like donate, don't. I mean, Trump probably loved it because he had one of the best <laughs> fundraising days of his life. So like, he was like, hell yeah, man, bring that on. But it's just wild to see all, I mean, talk about Bravo podcasters, go into political podcasters and their shows all on YouTube. I mean, you want to, you know, you want a reality show though. Those guys, I mean, the one guy I was watching, this, what is it, Steven Crowder or whatever? He's wearing oh, yeah, a yeah, fucking Crowder. gun holster on his, like, come at me. I'm like, you idiot. You're in a podcast studio. You're wearing a gun holster. Go, I mean, come on. Like, live in a real world. You know, with a lot of those, a lot of those, those podcasters, they're all like, I mean, they're all the political people. They're all fake behind the scenes, you know, like oh, yes. they're, they're it's all, all money. Acting. This is yeah. a money making operation. And the sad thing is though, that real people buy into this stuff yeah. on both sides. Yeah. It's on all it, sides of it. They're it, just trying so to, they're, they're doing a grift. Like, it's, and, and, and they're making really good money at it. They're really making great money at it. And that's really intense. I mean, you could say the same thing about the Johnny Depp trial and everybody that kind of made their careers off of that all of a sudden i mean it really goes so anyways i could talk to you forever i've already talked to you for like an hour and a half i think so i'm sorry for keeping you so long i didn't Um, realize we're going that long cool love it yeah uh that went super quick but you got to come back on anytime you want just always reach out um but uh what else is coming up that we need to support you with so go subscribe to the podcast which how do we find the podcast is it just oh yeah uh Unpopular with Jacques Peterson. You can find me on social media at Unpopular JP on Instagram and Twitter. I'm mostly on Instagram. I'm always posting Instagram stories of what I'm watching. Go check out my podcast. Yeah, it's a lot of Bravo, but it's a lot of other things. I've had some good interviews recently. Like I obviously I had Kelly Dodd on. That's, you know, if you can handle Kelly Dodd, go listen to that. Please don't listen and then leave me some review of like, I can't believe she didn't want yeah, to get guys, vaccinated or whatever. I, just I, try, I mean, they all know that. I always like, if you don't like my pod or the, uh, you know, any pod that you like, just, just don't listen to it ever again you don't yeah, need to no. leave a you know like <laughs> you know like honestly that 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 hurts too is like dwindling numbers suck just as much as a re- bad review oh i know i i actually don't listen to i don't look at my numbers anymore which is good you know because i used to like look at them all the time and like i always joke that my podcast is a flop which it kind of is but my engagement is like sky high because like, i have like the most amazing engagement but like my actual like numbers are like not that impressive oh, i, I dream the- about I, I dreamt about podcast numbers the other night where I dreamt I was getting fired and they were like, well, nobody bought any of the products you did advertisements for. Like I literally had that dream. And that's then the I reality woke, being a content creator, by the way, that's what it's yes, like behind the was scenes. That I was like, I hope somebody buys a vibrator this week. From me. <laughs> like, you know, but like, you know, cause you're like, oh my God, but I really did have this stress dream about that. And I woke up and it was one of those dreams where it took me 10 minutes to realize that that wasn't true you know like that i will like with well, that happened in my dream not real life you know 
I've been able to separate it more, I think, because I still, I'm still working at Daily Mail and it's more my hobby thing. I think then if it was just my one job, I would be, because that's where your paycheck's coming from. But yeah, I have a lot of, I had Kelly Dodd on, I had Thomas Kelly, the producer, OC producer, and we talked about. And was that I the have, one that, that left recently? Yeah. And he was on Heather McDonald's show as well. So wait, but, wait, is that, did he leave because of DeBro or what was, wasn't there a story there of some sort? There was, he, if you read between the lines that, I didn't ask him. I actually like Heather Debro, and I didn't ask. Him. And also, he had just been on Heather McDonald's podcast, and she asked him about that. And I didn't want to like copy her interview, and because my interview came out like sort of a few days after her, so I didn't want to like rip her off. So I tried to ask all different stuff out of respect to her. But he did talk about that a lot on her podcast. If you read between the lines, yeah, I think Heather Debro got him fired. If you. That's what I hear word on the street. Dude, I, I had um, Heather McDonald on a little bit ago and she was I'm awesome. so jealous. Like, she I want to get her on mine. I mean, really, truly, I, I gotta say, I I really, you know, what she has done. I've I've this audience has now heard me say I I'm really just so impressed with what she's done, like trying to do what I mean, to do it at the level that she's doing at. And, you know, it's just it's just so I mean, truly amazing, you know. Yeah, I, I love Heather McDonald. But yeah, and I've had other people like I had um Shane Dawson on the the YouTuber who he was like oh, the shit. biggest. He's like the biggest YouTuber of yeah. all time. Yeah. Yeah, he's like the of... biggest YouTuber ever. And then he had like the biggest cancellation of all time. And then my interview was like one of the first interviews he did since since being canceled. Dude, that's and huge. How did you get him? So funny. He was a he was a became a fan of my show so i've had heidi montag and spence i've had spencer pratt on a couple of times and i had heidi montag on i'm like the Love biggest spencer, yeah. yeah i'm like the biggest spidey super fan ever and then shane dawson was trying to look up you know heidi montag and then he came across my podcast and then he liked my podcast and he started following me on on instagram i remember and i was like it's shane dawson following me and i saw that and i'm like okay he must it must be one of those big accounts that just has some bot that just yeah, follows. No, like yeah, a, I always do that too. Of a big three hundred thousand. Like, yeah, I'm like, okay, this is but this is probably a PR agency following me. Yeah, and then uh, I see them. it, and it's like he's not following that, and I'm like, holy shit. And then I'm like, okay, I want to DM him, but I can't DM him too quick because then it's too thirsty. So I'm waiting, and then we like we became friends, and then I'm like was scared to ask him to come my pod because again i didn't want to put him in like a awkward position i know that because he was like in all this controversy i mean he yeah. was like his cancellation was huge like that went that was like was that mainstream the one because news. he said he was gonna fuck a cat or something like yes that? well that was one of there was i mean it was he was gonna fuck a cat he had problematic you know videos from like 10 years ago oh that, yes over where he done the, the dress-ups and the yes yeah. it was i mean it was you name it that was there um <laughs> <laughs> you know, but he was cancelled for it. Um, and a lot of it was um anyway, you can listen to the interview because we we, we talk yeah, about it. He's I very open. Like, he's, that's really he's, fascinating. He's I mean, really, what's what's he doing now? Like is he just um he's back on YouTube, YouTube he's got a oh, podcast. Yeah, and he's so nice too, which is funny because I've had some of these people that um some of these people that are being cancelled or in all this controversy and stuff, and I've had them on my show, and it's like behind the scenes, they are the nicest people like so nice like i've had this youtuber shallon lester on my show before she's controversial she's been canceled and she's been like so helpful to me behind the scenes like she came on my podcast when i just started and i was like a nobody and then gives me career advice and we're friends we're actually we're going i'm going to miranda lambert with her next i'm coming to us next year so i'll catch up with you oh sweet coming awesome. to the us yeah, yeah in vegas and i'm seeing miranda lambert's concert with shallon lester i've become friends with it. it's funny and then there's people that i know that in the industry that 
have these like squeaky clean reputations. Everyone thinks like, oh my God, you know, they're so nice and they're not problematic. And I'm just like, oh my God, I have like horror stories about people that have worked with this person behind the scenes. It's just really funny the way you perceive people publicly, especially like, you know, controversial people, what they're actually like behind the scenes versus these people that have like this perfect image. And then in real life, I'm like, you know, because we all talk, like all of us, all us podcasters, all of us, you know, we and we talk to other, you know, reality people and stuff. So we hear things and it's just, it's interesting of what's publicly out there versus what you hear behind the scenes. <laughs> I know it is. I mean, it's interesting to have like a different perspective on it than what, and that's why I really don't take anything at face value anymore. Like I kind of just like, uh, uh, you know, or like, I don't, it's, you know, where I even started off with making memes, I'm kind of different as, because I'm like, well, that's, you know, like I start thinking yeah. it down the line a little bit more. And sometimes that sucks because it used to be so nice to just hit wildly, which I still can sometimes do. But even like I, I was talking to the audience about Jax Taylor recently because I was like, it's My not man. as fun. It's not as fun. Yeah. By the way, he, 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 I think he's lying and saying he has a podcast coming out soon. Are you excited to? Oh, I will. I will listen to that one actually because I support my man in everything he does. Well, but I, I, like people are like still like come and like make and I'm like it's not as fun for me if he's not on the show. Like if he's on yeah. the show, it gives me. But if he's not on the show, then I'm just making fun of somebody that literally potentially is having the worst couple of years of their lives and just You're bullying a lies. single dad. Wait, I want to ask single you a question. Dad. I want I want to ask you a question. Um, which housewife or Bravo celebrity are you closest to that you talk to the most? probably ariana and tom i bet you know like oh yeah Sandoval and ariana like i'm um i'm trying to think who i mean there's like the you know there's the ones that always like margaret will always uh margaret joseph so she talks to everyone around. doesn't she yeah ex- exactly exactly she doesn't Merce- talk to me i wish she did mercedes from shaw's i talk to a bunch now um you know, but I, that never was my goal. So I don't look for that. Like, and I also still think there's comedic value in like, oh my God, but you're, I don't think you're really going to catch me like going, oh my God, such and such likes my post. And like, you know, the people that do that on Instagram, oh, you know, I, I, know. Yeah, I kind of grew course, out that's... of that phase of it, you know, yeah. like, um, but a lot of people think- you can consider, like I, some of the reality people that I've become, I would be like, oh, I could be like maybe consider them a friend. Like you don't want to like overstep it because you think like, oh, would they consider me a friend or are we just Instagram? Oh people? yeah, I'll but get some people you get along totally. with very well. Oh yeah, and then so like, then I'm kind of like, well, I don't want to use. Like I'm big on not using people, so I'll always be like, I don't want to overstep and I don't want to do this, and that's probably hurt me more than helped me in life across the board. But yeah, some of these people are really great people that are genuinely like oh i would genuinely be friends with this person but i just don't want to be another person coming from like another side angle because they you know even if it's reality people still want tons of things from these people oh totally and you you always feel that because it's but like you and i we're both genuine you know i know you like you're really genuine and stuff and so am i so when i'm like befriending these people i'm like i'm not one of these like weird social climbing like meme accounts that's like just you know wants to uh, you're just trying to get well, that's, something I mean, from that, you and then I'm going to oh, leak we, your DMs when we have a fight. No, I like, think, I'm I think not... I think we're potential. I mean, I think we might be talking about the same person, but I mean, there is those accounts that I've talked about that on the show too, of like, you. it's like, man, they're so, they just, they want that high follower count. They want, and I've yeah. been so lucky to get that without having to like, truly do something completely stunt driven or i've never had to be a gossip account like i don't think i could do that like i don't have that 
in me for so many reasons, one of them being laziness, but like, I don't like, you know, but sometimes I'm just like, man, this feels like you're trying to inject yourself into this story more than reporting oh, on anything. And it's then, so gross. It's, and, and then they'll always be like, no, no, I'm not trying to do that. No, no, no. And then they'll continue to do exactly that same thing. And you're like, I, okay. and then when you start, when you start chatting to like a housewife or whatever, and you're getting along really well, but then I'll always think in my back of the, in the back of my mind, oh, do they think of me? Like I'm one of them, you know, like, are they, are they, do they have their guard up thinking that I'm going to be like one of these weird, you know, podcaster meme people that is just trying to like get a screenshot out of them or something so you have like like that paranoia because you want to connect to them like just like a friend not as on you know and it's just it's weird well i mean i kind of just i mean we come from that like the stern or even rogan or anything like that it's like i want to have an honest conversation with i want to have something that is a little above the like hey what tell me about your audition for southern chair you know like you know you can start there but it would be cool if you could actually go somewhere else with it and that takes a lot because you know we're still nobodies to a lot of these people so you have to prove yourself in the same interview as you're trying to get something unique and that's nearly impossible with these people just because it's you're you're not a stern and you're not a you know so yeah you know stern and joe rogan and these people they have the trust where people go in there now and they want to impress they want to give them dirt they want to like go down avenues that you know you're not going to be able to get on a bravo podcast well some of these people are they are like when Shane Dawson came on my show, I'm like, he's so genuine because I'm like, I'm a fucking nobody. And he has like 8 million followers on Instagram, you know, like he doesn't, he could go on anyone's show and he went because he, because we became, you know, friendly. When Leah came on my show, she wasn't doing that many Bravo podcasts. And she was like, yeah, she's like, you know, we're friends. You, you know, I, I always said, how nice dare you, about- Leah? How dare <laughs> you? I mean, like, seriously, this is so I will, I will up. tell Leah. I'll, Please. I'll, I'll tell her to come on. Please, my God. I don't, I will not even mention Bravo. I'll be like, you, I heard you did a TV no, show. I think she talks. No, seasons. I think she, though, no, I think she talks. I think she talks about it. And I always, no, I felt- think just from your, my page, people, I think genuinely think that, uh, you know, which by the way, I, don't blame them sometimes is thinking, like, Oh, that's a dodo bird. That's like, you know, like he's making silly, you know, cause it is silly. It is that, but people don't realize that they're like, well, I actually do read. I actually do read, you know, like I actually read Leah's book. I actually, yeah. you know, like I do prepare for these things, which is, you know, hysterical in well, itself, but I take it seriously like you do, you know? And I felt so, I felt bad cause she's one of these, like, she's almost like, she's not Teddy status, but people really hate her. Like people are so mean about her online. And I'm like, no, she's really cool. So I kind of, I think it's good if she does do more, like if she comes on shows like yours and then people can go like, oh yeah, like that. Cause I, when I had her on my yes. show, I remember I got a lot of messages going, oh, I hated Leah before and now I see, oh, she's actually cool. And I like her. And I'm like, yeah. I Those told are my favorite guys. interviews when yeah. people are like, oh, I really liked that person. I thought I hated them, but I listened. And I'm like, that's the purpose of, I think, especially Bravo interviews is because people are so intense about the fandom that you can really turn people a little bit more towards somebody, you know, they're like, oh, it was different actually hearing them speak because people forget they're actually watching a show. I know. And I want to do oh. that with Teddy. So, okay. I got to, yes. okay. We got to stop this. Jacques Peterson, unpopular. You know him. You love him. You might even hate him, but you love <laughs> to listen to him. Me. So, go, go listen. It really is a great podcast, you guys. Uh, and, uh, you know, like I said, always welcome on this show. Thank you so much for taking so much time with us today. Thanks so much for having me. Bye, guys. Fuck Teddy Mellingham. Bye, guys. Five, four. Betches.